Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 602 in the AM. Screw Edge Friday Eve, babe. It's Friday, Jeremy. Saturday Eve, baby. <laughs> Fantastic, feel good, first responder Friday in Baltimore. Your feet on the floor. I got a confession. Yeah, and that alarm went off. I dog cussed both of you. It was a tough morning. When it went off, I dog cussed both. Yeah. I hate Ed. Blank a blank a blank a blank a blank. I hate Jeremy. Blank a blank a blank a blank a blank. And throw Joe in there too. I dog cussed all of you. I hate Black Pepper. Sorry. <laughs> Man, I, I can I tell you something so embarrassing? This is so funny. I was driving to work and I saw a car with a racing stripe. Uh-huh. You know, it was like a it was a typical car you wouldn't think about a racing stripe. So when I um when I got out of high school and I bought my first car, I bought a Chevy Cavalier. Uh-huh. So I put a racing stripe on it. A Cavalier, which has probably never won a race, um, but this is the yeah, topper. Man, it a Prius. It's a Pinto, I think. Yeah. But here, a Prius. here's the topper, and some people in Essex and Middle River may have remembered this. It was like a maroon Cavalier, but I was a big wrestling fan, and my favorite wrestler was uh, Big Papa Pump, who oh, also yeah. who also had another nickname. So on the front of my car, it said Big Bad Booty Daddy. <laughs> Could you imagine me at 140 pounds with my big ass ears looking like Shaggy with a couple of uh, scraggly hairs on my chin, guys? Like, look, somebody pulls up next to me after seeing Big Bad Booty Daddy and sees this little 
skinny. <laughs> Your favorite wrestler was well. My two favorites were Scott Hall and, and Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. I loved him because he like when he got on the mic, he would always mess up everything. Yeah, he did. Like the the math wouldn't add up. Yeah, like, I give forty percent to this and eighty percent here, but then I leave thirty percent for the ladies when I get home. And I'm like, where'd you get where'd you get all this percentage from, man? <laughs> but he just like I loved it. I loved the fact the look. I even tried to do that, and I looked ridiculous. I was I was uh, I was a um, uh, Bret Hart fan, mm-hmm. and and uh, Booker T. Those were my two favorites. Booker okay. T. Yeah, that's the Bret Hart and Booker T. Were my favorites. <laughs> Booker T. Called somebody one of my favorite sayings that I'm not even sure if we can. Oh, say. I thought you were talking about he called what he called no, Hulk Hogan. He, the N word. <laughs> he called Hulk Hogan the N word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sherry did one of these numbers. <laughs> What? Oh, <laughs> I think Hogan was in the back clutching his pearls. Like, what did he call me? But but no, like um, it, it's funny though too. When you start looking at the, the 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 whole wrestling scene and how everything went down. But um, yeah, I mean we had our favorites. The the Hitman Heart stuff was was great. But like the Booker T used to say, he used to call people fruit booties. Yeah. And I'm like, what's a fruit? Oh, that's a, I get it now. <laughs> like, I just thought it was one of the funniest terms, and we would call each other fruit booties. All I didn't the time. know to the documentary that they were really brothers. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. They're really brothers. Yeah, uh, they uh, um, they did. If you watch the uh, documentary, I think on um, Andy, mm-hmm. yeah. was it like behind the mat or something? Or is it no, 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 not that one. This one is because beyond the mat. Yeah, that that one is that one is. I think, um, I think behind the mat was the uh, documentary on Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> the one you're talking about is everything's a scandal. Yeah, A and E is really it. It really tells a story. I, it does. I literally started laughing when I saw that racing stripe on that Hyundai, and I went uh, Hyundai. I, I had one of those. <laughs> I don't get the whole thing with the racing stripe and cars. And then when they these kids, you know, of course you don't. They get these crappy. They get like a Toyota Corolla, and they'll they'll lower it to you know. Two inches from the, the asphalt, put on those little tiny wide tires. And you you and don't take the mufflers you don't, off. You don't get it. No, Here, of course you don't. No, <laughs> of course you, you'll never. I won't get it. You won't yeah, get it. No, Jeremy may understand it, and not do it, no. but we'll never get it. But like, so when I was delivering, the best part is I'm delivering pizzas to people's houses. Like, hey, the big bad booty daddy's here with your 16 inch. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you I never said that. No, no, nobody ever said. But like the the place next door was a signs signs in one day place. Mm-hmm. So like they're the ones that lettered my car and did the racing strike. By the way, you guys could have said this was a dumb idea at the time. Maybe you did, and I'm thinking I'm too cool for this. But um, <laughs> stupid ass kids do stupid ass things. And then because it was next door, I got to see it every time somebody's car was done. So they always look nice, and I'm like, I want to get one of those. And they put it on my Cavalier, and I'm like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> Sign in one day. Yeah. You know, what I thought was the coolest thing yesterday. So I'm out and about. I'm at DeSantis, and then I head over to Masoni's and uh, drink at DeSantis, ate at Masoni's. Um, people are high-fiving one another over the come-from-behind win in spring training. You're kidding. Yeah, I'm not hissing people. If you are in this category, I'm not making fun of you. Yeah. I think it's the coolest thing in the yeah, world that you are that invested. I do. Somebody, hey, great win, high-fiving. I'm like, who? As I'm high-fiving back, what are you talking about? Orioles. And I looked at him like, yeah, it was a good win, man. Good win. And it just don't. I'm like, it's spring training again. Not making fun of you. I think it's the coolest thing in the world that you are that invested. And yesterday was still February. Yeah. 
We you're won practice. Invest, you're that invested, man. I can't wait to see what Camden Yards is going to look like as I watch Kyle Gibson pitch for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals right now <laughs> in, the middle, in the middle monitor. Yep. Yeah, the Cardinals went out and said, hey, who does everybody not want? Let's get those pitchers. <laughs> That's what they did. They signed all the, the – I'm not – I'm not trying to dismiss like Sonny Gray and some of these guys, but it was like the bottom end. They yeah. grabbed like three of them right off the bat. Well, we used to do that. That's <laughs> Cardinals like usually a really well run organization too, though. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's funny you bring. Uh, you they say did that. trade away Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarina for nothing. Someone, was, someone said to me, um, "What was it? Maybe a week or two ago." Man, I wish they would have kept Kyle Gibson. Why? Yeah. Man, you, you don't think he was a leader in the clubhouse? No. No, the leaders in the clubhouse are the ones that are still here. I think Kyle Gibson was, you know, a good veteran to have around, but he kind of petered out maybe in, in August, didn't he? You think? Like his best months were before oh, then. Gibson? Yeah, Gibson kind of petered out in August. I don't know that he had best months. Early on in the season, he was good. Um, but, like, he was he was middling, right? Yeah. yeah you'd have saying. a good start, you'd have a bad start, and it was just, yeah. The same thing when we talked to, like, all the pitchers that they were getting before. Those type of guys, the Jordan Lyles, the Kyle Gibsons. Yeah, you bring those guys in for a year, you know, you let them do their thing, and then you, you say goodbye. Well, I think you should always do it just in case, especially if you're even one of those teams that doesn't expect to be in the postseason. You bring in one of those vets and hope that he catches fire and you can trade him for something Yeah, if you're in that situation. But um, other than that, nope. Yeah. A lot of these guys are just bridge players, really. Innings eaters, just to, you know. Whoever came off the injured list, or they would pick somebody else up. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while you run into a, a Robbie Ray who's coming off of a, a rough season, and then he gets traded to Toronto and finds himself. And yeah, I don't remember if he won the Cy Young or if he was in the finals. He was in the, he was in the you know yeah, the voting. He, he won it for the did he win it that year? So, but again, like you're you're talking about a guy that clearly had some talent, couldn't uh, kept walking guys, giving up hard contact, goes to a new team, finds himself again, and yeah. makes himself a ton of money. Yeah. He won the Cy Young with Toronto in 21. Yep. And gets paid by Seattle. Yeah, but but look at the back of Kyle Gibson's ERA was 4.6 in the first half, 4.92 in the second half. Why are you mean, keeping that? It's, yeah. just, it's a five-run ERA. Like you can, yeah, why are you keeping that? You can find that in a lot of places unless you're a team that needs an innings eater, and I'm doing my air quotes. But even then, was he that? Let me ask you this. Has it? Guy who's been labeled an innings eater ever been good? <laughs> no, no, because you would talk about all the other stuff he does. Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> like we get down. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. But he eats innings. It's always, you know, what I mean, like like Cy Young Award winners, like guys who who, who pitch two hundred innings and kill it, is never labeled an innings eater, even though he does that. But the guy who's labeled an innings eater, Ed, never any good. No, because that's all you got. Yeah, he may come in. He'll you know he'll give you four innings. And, you know, until you get to the bullpen, but he gave up three runs. He'll give you like, so. he'll give you six innings and give up five runs. Yeah, well, he eight innings. Yeah, but yeah. he gave up five runs. Why are we <laughs> why are we applauding that? Anybody can give up eight runs in seven innings. Anybody yeah. can do that. Yeah, yeah but, but he, he went seven. He went seven. I, just, I hate that description. Shovels at seven o'clock. Uh, Ravens, what are they going to do with the uh, extra salary cap? We'll talk about that at 645, but on the other side, we'll stay with baseball. Uh, update from the yard. O's with another walk-off win. The 6-1 this spring. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's Cedric Mullins. Who Rob wants to get traded, but that's okay. No, I don't. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Hey, why do you do that? Is what it is. You Why sit there and tell that? everybody I want Ryan Mountcastle traded. You want Cedric Mullins Because traded. you said it. You want to make room in the outfield. You said you wanted Ryan Mountcastle. When I talked about making room you in the outfield. You said you want to upgrade. I made room at, at first, first base. base. At first base. You want to make room in the outfield? Who no, 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 no. Well, how are we going to play Kowser? How are we going to play Kirsten? He'll how find his way. How? There's you three specifically, spots. No, no, no. I need you to answer. You the specifically, math is not mathing for me. You specifically pointed out Ryan Mountcastle. <laughs> Where do you want Cedric Mullins to go? Did you not specifically point out Ryan Mountcastle? for him? I you think for move. a defensive-minded center well, fielder that's been an all-star, you can we, play anywhere. If we do what you said by getting rid of Mountcastle, you can put Santander there at first base, and you can move Kowser out there. Okay, works for me. Right. I'm glad you oh, agree with there me. There you go. But I don't want to get rid of our Mountcastle like you. You're quick to get rid of Mountcastle. So you want to trade Mullins instead of Mountcastle? No. Well, which one do you want to move? I don't want to move either one of them. Then how are you getting the young guys in? You can get them in. DH. See, look at this. DH. Man. I got two words for you. DH. You should be a politician. DH. Son of a gun. Cedric, I still want you here, man. He don't listen to you. He don't even hear you. Cedric don't hear you. My bad. He does hear me now. Ced is me. It's Jay. Ced don't hear you. He hears me. He don't even know you. Mm-hmm. He don't like you. I don't either. That's what we have in common. Neither one of us likes Jeremy Kahn. Now, Ed, Ed, mm-hmm. the team is 6-1 right now. Another walk-off win yesterday. Yeah. Folks getting pumped up about spring training baseball as I talk I to you and not Jeremy. I want one of those. If they win the Grapefruit League, I got to get a ring. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> I, 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 who won it last year? I don't know. Of course, nobody knows. I think the Orioles did, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. Always win in spring training. Well, that's the Ravens. They're always winning preseason. <laughs> the, well, I would say this, that um, it does feel like a shame that they're going to win spring training and we're not going to be there to <sighs> witness it. The parade around Sarasota and everything that happens afterwards. We used to go before we got you. Yeah. And then the women, get you throw beads and they show their boobies. They do that they in Sarasota? That in Sarasota? You want, do when, you, they, when they win spring training. Do you, oh, do you want that in Sarasota? <laughs> yes. Pick them up off the ground? Yeah. I don't know what Sarasota you've seen, but there's a there's very attractive people down there. Stopping from flopping. <laughs> what a Jeremy, is, is winning the spring training important to you? No. No, I didn't like it. Again, it's practice. All right, so if they were one and six, you wouldn't be worried right now? Nope. I wouldn't. And you wouldn't wear it right now, one to six. No. I think people, Spring training? 
shouldn't people be more like? And again, I don't even think you should be worried when a guy's not swinging the bat well because, like, once the season starts, well, it's pitchers too. Like some people, you know, they'll get they get rocked in spring training. Yeah, but you find they're working on a new pitch. They're just they're trying to bring something into the repertoire that well, they so, haven't. Or so they say. Yeah. Whatever, so they say. But a lot of times they do. Doesn't Jake Fox hold the all-time spring training home run record Jake with 10? Fox. And he didn't even make the opening day roster for the Jake Orioles. Fox. On a losing team. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You went with Jake Fox. Practice, yeah. We had the Fox Network. It's like we were all watching, wondering, hey, he's hit 10 home runs in spring training. Is he going to make the team? What do you mean? He's hit 10 home runs. He's got to make the team. And Buck said, nope. Don't need him. <laughs> Just practice. It's like hitting them in a batting practice. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's the same thing. It's wild. It's, it's live pitching. No, you I don't. agree with you that the winning is not that important for me in spring training. Although I love Baltimore getting pumped up about it, but batting practice and spring it's training practice, games Rob. are the same. You don't know. Batting <laughs> practice, they go this. They you shake it. It's a curveball. <laughs> Straight, it's a fastball. They don't do that in spring training games. I started dying. They don't he's do. Like, they don't he's do. Shaking it. You know, he's, he's like he's pitching to Ed. He's like, here it comes, buddy. <laughs> this one, it's going to be the fast one. Do they give you a straight on yeah. for the fastball, curveball? They dip it under for breaking ball. They don't do that in spring training games. They do that in bat practice, Jeremy. You don't know squat, man. <laughs> shaking the baseball. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> The airplane. Yeah. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> Here's your pitch. <laughs> Ding. Good one, buddy. Uh, so it's a little bit different. You know, they don't act like it's not different. I'm kidding, obviously, but it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, obviously. <laughs> Practice. I, but I do. I, I love the fact that that people are in it already. I think. I think the disappointing loss. The. <laughs> abrupt ending of the Ravens season mm-hmm. and, and the next week it was the very next week wasn't it? Orioles spring training started? Uh, Valentine's Day was pitchers and catchers. Oh so we had, to wait, we had mm-hmm. to wait a little while. Yeah we had to wait a little while. But we were talking about it like people were like you're hearing about well remember the Corbin Burns thing went down before that which kind of uh, Yes that's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. Corbin, I knew something big happened with the Orioles and then the Corbin Burns went, went down I think before it was the ownership Mm-hmm. It was that Monday or Tuesday <clears throat> we found out that the Orioles were being sold. It's like right after the game. Yeah, the day or two after the game we found that out. Well, it was Thursday that Corbin Burns was traded, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about that on Friday. Then all of a sudden we came back Monday, and it's like the Ravens lost. We're talking about that. Then Tuesday. Surprise! Ownership. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, Rob was like, we should trade Cedric Mullins. No, I didn't and say I went, that. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> him, I don't want Ced coming up to him and like, hey, I heard my boy Jay said you was trying to trade. You know, like it's... My boy Jay. Yeah. It was, you know. Who calls you Jay? Said. <laughs> Does he now? I want to get word to him so that when we get him on, he's like, "What's up, Jay?" Just like, what? <laughs> I'm only talking to you because Rob wants to be traded. <laughs> yeah. Damn. But no, like, and I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo the whole thing. Like the excitement in spring training. It's I think just, you are, folks. You are excited and pumped up about the Orioles playing pot, good baseball, and Jeremy's just squatting on it. That's what he's doing. He's squatting on it right now. And I didn't even he's making fun of you. He's me. making fun of you right now. I'm still he's sitting making, here waiting he's to making, my point. He's making fun of you right now. I I high five people yesterday who were pumped up about a walk off win. I high fived you back because I feel you. I feel you. 
Jeremy, on the other hand, is just making fun of you right now. But go he, ahead, Jeremy, finish your point. He interrupted me so abruptly, I don't know what to do with my hands like Ricky Bobby. They're still <laughs> sitting here. Like, did he just tell everybody that I hope that their teams lose? No, no, no. You just you just squatting on them because they're pumped up that they're winning. That's fine. But go ahead. What was your point? It's practice, man. Go with your point. AI, thank you. I don't remember. I'm trying to like where I don't even know what I'm doing with my hands. Counting with his hands here. Well, I'll say this though, like the I do want to see the young guys and how they're performing. I love the fact that they're getting a ton of national attention. People like seeing the Gunnar Henderson interview yesterday, um, you know, watching Jackson Holiday against Paul Skeens. Like that stuff is, that's the cool part of spring training. Some of the stuff that you may not see uh, this year or down the line. But the walk off win means nothing to you. We got that. Mm-hmm. If, a, um, if a higher salary cap doesn't mean the Ravens won't go shopping, what does it mean? We'll talk about that at 645 on the other side. NFL, rumor is that the chain gang could be replaced next year. NFL is always changing crap. We're talking football up next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh. Turn this up, Jared. It's Friday, man. If you are not bobbing your head right now, check your pulse. That's right. We we get Lionel Richie, right? Who? We get Lionel Richie from the Commodores. You get Lionel Richie. We get the Commodores. No. Yes. No, it's a package yes. no, deal. No, 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 no. You get Lionel Richie by. You know what's funny, though? You say you want Lionel Richie. I went to a Lionel Richie concert. When he starts singing the Commodore stuff, all the white people sat down. That's because I wasn't they there. They did not know. I was backstage They didn't, Lionel asked me They didn't know Brick House, but they didn't know Zoom. They didn't know Sail On. Really? No. They, they knew Easy, like Sunday morning, they knew Brick House. All the crossover <laughs> ones. They didn't know the real Commodore stuff. They, they used, didn't know it. They, used they didn't know Machine <laughs> Gun. I'm already laughing because Celeste calls me Easy like Monday morning. Uh, that means you're rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they used to be the Conadors before I left, so that's why the tie-in. The Conadors. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm you the left. one that found the brick house. I know. You don't know what a brick house is. <laughs> well, you know, all the problems that the NFL is having, this one I don't understand. We got this from Joe yesterday. This could be big. The NFL tested optical tracking on line-to-gain rulings at MetLife Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, and at the Super Bowl this year. If there's support from the NFL team owners, we can see the chain game become a backup as early as 2024. I didn't know there was a problem. With the, we got problems with, 
with was it a catch or not? We got yep. problems with offsides. We got problems with holding. So how do we fix that? Eliminate the chain game. What the hell? They've said they've had problems with that, and there's no reason they can't because they have the, the ability to do this. I'm like, all right. How come we didn't come in with Sam Cook? Oh, don't you know? That's the sound <laughs> of the man being fired from the chain game. I, I didn't know there was a problem with the chain well, game, man. Th- there has been. It's um, it's kind of like the almost to the, the extent of the three-point line and reviewing it. You've seen times where, remember the Sean Elliott uh, shot for the Spurs where yes, his feet didn't touch, touch out of bounds? Right. It's like we've didn't, seen um, Ray Allen do that too. Ray Allen did it when he we hit it for the Heat against the Spurs. Um, but no, when you look at a, a the, the way that things are going in the NFL, I mean, I think those fourth and shorts and spotting the ball has been a problem. We've seen refs kicking it around or moving it up and moving it back. You watch a guy come in from the sideline and he's about six inches ahead of the other guy. The other guy's six. It's like, how are you guys two feet apart when you're walking in from the other side? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, do we get somewhere in the middle or who had it right? So I actually like the idea of this and eliminating some of the gray area. But again, each time the NFL's tried to eliminate the gray area, I think they've opened it up more. <laughs> like when they challenging, um, you know, pass interference. PI, yeah. yeah, like that stuff. The only time that they've eliminated it fully was catches on the out-of-bounds markers where guys just, if you shove a guy out of bounds, he's got to get both feet down. Remember, mm-hmm. it used to be up to the interpretation of the referee. Like, yeah, was he going to come down in bounds? Yeah, I think yeah. that guy would have made it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think the other part of this, too, now being in bed with gambling and all these services, like, you want to show everything's on the up and up because people question yeah. it after every game, whether whether there's validity to it or not, and I don't think there's any. Um, they had to know this was going to happen, though. Yeah. You have to. I just I said it to you before. I'll say it again. I just feel like the NFL is the one league that says every year, well, we got to make some changes. We got to change something. It's every year, man. Mm-hmm. Every year. And yeah, you can tell me about the, the dramatic baseball change of last year. But before then, before the pandemic, what changes did baseball make? You know what I mean? They, they made changes now, I think, for the better of the game. I do. I believe. I think there's a good change. Yeah. No one wants to give Rob Manfred any credit. None yeah. at all. But football is the one sport that seems to me that every year they've got it's like we've got to change something. That's they what do. are we changing every, this year? Like every year? What are we changing that? Yeah. Listen, the game was perfect. You're screwing it up. The game of football. This is why I'm I'm falling out of love with it because every year there's a, what was wrong with the game? What happened to the game that I fell in love with? Yeah. You change it. You're making it a circus now. Oh, let's get rid of the chain game. What, what's wrong with the chain game? Come on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. I don't need You got that. other change but you but you have other things that you gotta address. Mm-hmm. It's it's what we talked about yesterday. Let's get bike lanes for a city that has crime problems. You know what I mean? Man. Let's 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 remove the chain game for a league that they can't fix offsides, they can't fix holding, they can't fix they don't know whether the catch is a catch, whether you complete the catch. So let's fix the chain game. Hey, Something you- that's inconsequential. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's I hate to say it, but people do that. Like the city, they have all kinds of problems. So you say, let's let's put bike lanes in to encourage people to ride. Okay, that's very nice. Like, but I, I know it's apples and oranges, but I don't understand wanting to get rid of said Mullins, but also keeping the chain gang in football. Like, <laughs> those things don't make sense to me. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. We talk about the people's suspicion with gambling and, like, you know, officiating and things like that. How, what would the odds be if you put a you know a couple of shekels down that someone pitches a perfect game? This year? And any year. Any year. Like, I mean, it would be outrageous. Game, right? yeah. Perfect game? They perfect just, game. Yeah, that's just... 
I gotta imagine how many you can win had? a lot of money. Man, in the history of baseball, is it like fifteen or is it? If, way more so, what if it? you had money on Galarraga? Ooh, what would you feel at the end of that? What, what would the sport? I think when he when Joyce clearly admitted he blew it. So I I would say this that I, I think twenty four. 24 in history? Yeah, over yeah. the 154 years of Major League Baseball and over 238,500 games played, there have been 24 official perfect games by the current definition. No pitcher has thrown more than one. So think about that. I don't know what the odds would be because it's such a... to me, It's astronomical. A, yeah, it's an imperfect science, but then yeah. again, you'd think the, the the likelihood of 162 games and all these teams playing that it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like you could have three in one year and not have one for 10. You know, right. like it's it's kind of yeah. a... It's one of those weird things, but... Uh, but yeah, I, like I would like to think that there wouldn't be so many bets on that that the the sports book would come back and say, "Hey, we're going to honor this or yeah. whatever," because it would give them great publicity. That's the only thing that this is what people have to realize with gambling: you're going to get your money back when your player gets hurt or something happens. If the juice is worth the squeeze, if they're going to make more money by giving that back to you with the free publicity they get mm-hmm. and everybody talking about it, then they'll do it. If they're not, like if everybody was on one side and something bad happened, they're going to go. Damn, sucks to be you. Because that's what they should do. That's the house has the advantage. They're always, yeah, always. Have the advantage. Yeah. By the way, the last one was thrown in uh, June of twenty twenty three. Domingo Herman. Oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, the All uh, right. for the um, um, Yankees yeah. against the A's. Yeah, he celebrated after that uh, by, by being terrible. Put sticky stuff on his neck. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And people question whether or not that was legit. Well, he had it, and then Severino had it, too. Was he his neck or his wrist? Wrist. Severino's yeah. neck. Yeah. Pineda, who had, like... Michael Pineda. Pineda was the neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... And he, it was ridiculous, because it was like a glob. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see it from space. And he did the emoji. What up? Yeah, like, what? What? I do? <laughs> what? what a... This just happened. I don't know. This... <laughs> this just happened in a college baseball game, where they, uh, apparently, uh, somebody must have been... It was a Big Ten network. Uh, somebody must have been watching. He's like, hey, go check his glove. The pitcher just put his head down and walked off the field because they all had his glove open looking at it. I was like, look at this. That a pride open. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they just, the pitcher didn't even say it. They didn't even fight it. He just went, <laughs> <laughs> just left. Gone. You know, right. what else, you know what else happened in the college game? What? The outfielder, the left fielder was battling the sun, and he lost the ball to the sun, and he had his sunglasses on top of his head. <laughs> You remember that last year? He's battling the sun. 100%. Like, dude. If, and then even after that, he kept his shades on top yeah. of Put the shades <laughs> down, boy. Put the shades down. <laughs> you know what I mean? If only a, I had something a, that could help me. It's above the bill of his cap, and he's battling the sun. The ball lands in front of him. And I'm wondering, yeah. why didn't the coach say, hey, come here for a second. How about put the shades on there? Yeah. <laughs> That's why old school sometimes better. Remember the ones that flip down? I yeah. love those. Just have your proof. I used to Does love it, those. Yeah. I used to love those. Man. They don't get stuck on the top of your head. I've never been a sunglasses I used to wear guy. the black on my eye, but people couldn't see it. But I used to wear it. <laughs> well, you're not that dark. Black on my eye. Are you? People couldn't see it. Because it was too dark? Yeah. Why don't you wear something lighter? Does that work, by the way? I, I wore it. I don't I black. know. What? No, like the only reason I, I did, I, I wore it all the time. I get it, but like everybody wore it, but I almost feel like it's one of those things. Like you're I told, think, like, I don't hey, think it worked. I don't, think, I don't think it works either. Like, like what? Is, why does our black block the sun? How does I don't? Well, and what does the it people do? that smeared all over their face where they look like they're going into war. Um, but no, it's like the uh, you know you're talking about that the the same thing that people would tell you like oh if you're gonna eat make sure you don't go swimming until 45 minutes later. We all just listen. I to thought it was 30. I waited all this time. See, it, it's still BS. I was in danger. You were gonna get tummy ache. 
I, the reason you, I, think, I think it doesn't work, and, and I think you're right, because people now just use it for de- Like, Aiden Hutchinson like paints one side of his face. But he's indoors. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I think now they just admitted, this doesn't work. I'm just going to decorate myself. Wait a minute. You're not supposed to eat before you swim? No. You ain't got to worry about that, because you can't swim. I can swim, mother. <laughs> I can swim. <laughs> yeah, Jared. Jared, can you swim? See, hey, can, you can you teach Rob how to swim? I can. Yeah, my parents have oh, an in-ground pool. Turn the mic. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the mic. I'm on the mic. You got a program again, man. You got the wrong one. Hey, what's going on, Jared? Come on. Joe left it in program and program two. My bad. My That's bad. Right. Yeah. So Appreciate Jared, you, Joe. Jared, yeah, my parents have an in-ground pool. I swim. Yeah. I swim. Jared, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you're here too. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not you know. Not many of you us. You walked through the building, but Jerry, I got a question for you. Toby, you're fifty percent of the population why on the show right where's now. Where's Joe at? Why, <laughs> did, why did you Why did you come for the for the Black History program yesterday? I was here. I was doing the radio thought. I popped over and got a uh, got my food. It, it was, was in his parents' in ground pool. It was. Pool. That, that was very good. That was huh? good. It was in his parents' in ground pool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, man, that was. <laughs> Robbing, why don't you let Jerry teach you how to swim, man? I can swim, man. I'm, I'm tired of you saying I can't swim. Just because you get in the water and you I stand swim. on the ground don't mean dude, you're swimming. Dude, dude, Listen, he don't even get in the water. He shows up in linen clothes and sits on, it sits, well, I'll. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But I look fly, though, didn't I? He did. I look fly. This was every I day. My, every I my, day. I had my linen on. Yeah. I sat by the pool. And I was that guy, the ugly northerner that come down to Florida. And it's 67 degrees. I'm going in the pool. And I had, my, like, I had my drink, Jeremy. He did. My sunglasses he on. He had sunglasses. And, and I was just looking. Yeah. At the pool, do you put your toes in the water at all? No, no. man. No. It messes up my linen. I do not know. Do you think I have anything that's linen at home? <laughs> Maybe an old napkin somewhere. <laughs> he said linen. And I went, I got to go to my grandma's house to get linen. <laughs> Shovels at seven o'clock, but on the other side, if a high salary cap doesn't mean the Ravens won't go uh, go shopping, what does it mean? Baltimore's big bad morning show on the fan. Six forty eight in the AM. Baltimore's big bad morning show on the fan. I guess that's what the Ravens are doing right now. Window shopping. The Costa says the Ravens won't ex- not exactly shopping just because they have extra cap money. So if they're not shopping, Ed, what in the world are they doing? I think they're... Because I eat this cabbage. Yes, get your cabbage. Oh my god, he's eating cabbage. Hey, by the way... Just crossed my mind, I just realized that. By the way, let me say this. Uh, Tangy's Touch of Soul Mm. did the catering for the party yesterday. Oh boy. Very good. Check out her Facebook page. Is that how you find? I was looking for her online yesterday. Oh my gosh. She has a Facebook page. Tangy's T A N G I E apostrophe S touch of soul. Yeah. The food was unbelievable. The salmon melted in your mouth. I like hog moths. I like pig's feet. I she didn't have that. Like, I like collards. I love collard greens. I love cabbage. One of my wife's uh, nurse friends at work, she knows how much I love good collard greens mm-hmm. when they're made right. And so she always, whenever she makes them, she sends some home with Where's my she wife from? me. Huh? She from, uh, I mean, she's from, I think she got family in the South. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. But um, but yeah, it's you know, but with with the Ravens and what they're doing specifically is they got to figure out their own backyard first. You you got to get the Matabike stuff done before you go out looking for everything else. I believe, um, and that could include with you know whether you're kicking the tires on a J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards or whatever they're going to do with the running back situation. So I'm not saying they won't sign anybody before 
the other stuff's done, but it's imperative that you get the the Matabike deal done. Yeah. Well, got I just think, Tuesday before I just think want to be smart and, mm-hmm. and just not squander money is what they meant. Um, well, it's kind of like what we talked about with Kemi Cusick. Just because the salary cap went up doesn't mean that that money is allocated to go get yourself a running back or go get right. yourself a wide receiver. You have to look at it as, okay, we have more money. Where can we allocate this to best suit our team? And honestly, some of that money might just be staying within. Like you might be paying guys who are already here just to make sure they're here longer. And um, and then going out and, and finding the vet minimums and the guys that fit what you want. You don't have to pay all these guys right now. If you look at the math, Matabike gets paid right now. Who else really gets paid right now? Ridiculous. Yeah, but if you don't get Matabike signed to a long-term deal, your cap, like all that money, that $22 million or whatever it is, goes right to the cap this year. It's gone. So if you if you sign them to a five year deal, whatever six year, whatever you want to do, four year deal, mm-hmm. you can stretch the money out, and then they still got to get the other stuff done with restructuring with players, which I'm sure I'm sure you're going to see a Lamar. Lamar will get done. Uh, I've heard. Some Why people, wouldn't you restructure? You get money. Yeah, and it's going to make your team better. I have a settlement, but I need cash now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> curb. <laughs> Who else would do that? <laughs> it did a whole commercial. Funny. By the way, she's a brilliant comic, man. Oh, she's fantastic. Tracy Allman. Uh, Allman. She yeah. is brilliant, man. She, I mean, her, she's effortless. <laughs> she can make you hate her and love her, and she's effortless. I'm you sorry. Know the Simpsons started on her show. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I got off track. 410-583-1057 is the number. But it was Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. I don't think the, the Ravens are all of a sudden going into bargain basement mode. I just don't understand how you can, when you have that much extra cap money, you could like not shop. Um, and then, you know, the day later, he says he doesn't like having two running backs in the room, so they're going to address that. Okay, so you're shopping. You know what I mean? We're not saying you got to shop in, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue, but you, you got to shop. You, you got to do something, Ed. You got to fill roster spots if you're losing yeah. guys. No, they will. And I just, I think that they're so. Um, they like to reinforce the fact that they're pretty smart with their money. Um, they they don't overpay. Um, they try to be frugal, you know, and, and do the best with the salary work within the salary cap. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't make a you know Deshaun Watson contract. I think it's basically the message. They're going to spend the money and they're going to do what they have to do, but they're just not going to be foolish. Oh, I trust I trust Eric DaCosta. I do. I mean, it's not no, just no. it's not just a I trust the Ravens. I I, I told you before when he took over. I said, well, he's more my type of GM because he's more of a modern-day GM, modern-day NFL GM. He gets today's game. He does. But I would be remiss if I said I'm not concerned what moves they're going to make in the offseason because this is a very, very important offseason because they were in the AFC Championship game at home, and they lost in a game that they very well. They had opportunities to win. So this offseason is very – you, you got to get back to that point – can you imagine losing in the AFC Championship game at home and have to start the season all over again? Mm. You got to fight through all. You got to fight through all the woods to get back to that spot. That's why sports is so tough, man. Yeah, it's so tough. Well, I, and that's why it's so incredibly disappointing when you you lose the AFC Championship game after going thirteen and four because it's really really hard to go to, to get achieve that record every year, and yeah. it's really hard to repeat. But I think this is why they're a good organization is that they don't it's like. I'm the type of person, as soon as I get money in my hand, I'm spending it. And mm-hmm. just because you have that extra money doesn't mean just go out and spend it right now. Like, you're going to find 
value. Like, is that the money that people owe you? No, it's not in my hand yet. Um, but you know, like in all seriousness, you you wait. I was being serious. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's not there yet. I'm being serious too. Um, but no, as you look at the, the the way things set up for the Ravens, like you have bigger fish to fry in figuring out what you're doing with again, Matabike. Are you bringing back any of your own? Just because they're out, they're not out shopping for free agents. I don't think. And and again, there's stuff that's going to come across the wire. They're going to reach out to players. I just don't think they're rushing to spend anything until you know. They so get you the bigger things you done. interpret it that way. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're going to spend, but we're not in a hurry. Yeah, they're not, okay. and they've always All done right. it that Fair way. Fair enough. Fair enough. 410-583-1057. That's the number one was Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Our girl Danielle Allen Duck will check in at 730. But on the other side, Ed Norris, you got a shovel for us? I do. A man who cared more about a deer than his own safety. Man. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up on Twitter at BBMS1057 The Fans. Shovels next. We're giving out shovels at 702. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up, BBMS1057 The Fan on Twitter. Ed Norris, who gets your shovel? <sighs> a man who's very nice and tried to not hit a deer. You can hit that thingy now. Boom. Sounds like a nice thing to do. He tried to avoid this deer. You know, whether he's trying to preserve his own car or just... You know, not kill the, the animal. It really ended badly because I don't know what you do in a situation like this. He's on Highway 1 in California near Big Sur. Um, and if anyone's ever driven that, oh. it's gorgeous, breathtaking. But literally. literally. Yeah, literally. Because it's like you're over the cliffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And it's just like, that's it. And it's very windy. And anyway. <sighs> He apparently maneuvered his car to not hit this deer that happened. A group of deer were walking around and trying not to hit them. And uh, he went off the cliff. He went down several hundred feet down a cliff. He got ejected through the sunroof um, and was found by the the Highway Patrol's aviation division. Um, They have a plane that's circling the area for different calls, and they started seeing him. But did he die? Uh... No, he's, he's moderate injuries, they said. Moderate. So the deer's okay. The deer's That's fine. That's the important thing. The deer, they were giggling at the yeah. top of the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <five it>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, who gets your shovel? Charles Barkley. My favorite watch, athlete. Watch up. Well, you know he's on Instagram now. No, I didn't know He that. just got on Instagram. And as much as I love Chuck, he's naive to a lot of things. So I don't know if anybody saw it on uh, inside the NBA on TNT last night, um, Charles Barkley t- was talking about it to where Shaq said, "Hey, you should. <laughs> this is so great. He goes, you should go on there and hashtag OnlyFans so people will know you're on there now." And he goes, "Is that for OnlyFans of mine?" And Chuck not realizing because Shaq went, "We can see what you like too, so make sure you're not liking all those videos of those girls on there." And trying to teach him about sliding in the... He goes, did you slide anybody's DMs yet? He goes, can you teach me how to slide? <laughs> so this is Chuck's first experience on Instagram. But the guy's like... We, we've talked about this. Inside the NBA is one of the best shows on TV, period. Mm-hmm. Like, they just have so much fun on there. And all they're doing... It's like... It's the same stuff that we do here, just making fun of each other. Except, right. you know, you got huge basketball players that bust each other's balls. And now you have a, an entire audience that's sending in memes and stuff that they right. all laugh at. Um, but this is hilarious with Chuck. There's video of it online if you want to see it. Chuck finally signing up for Instagram. Oh, my God. 
Who was it? Didn't we have a baseball? Oh, it was uh, Carlos for the Cardinals that was retweeting and liking all the porn videos that he was watching. And then somebody from the Cardinals organization had to go, Psst, hey, bud, everybody can see that. <laughs> yeah. Scary thing. Scary thing. <laughs> uh, my shovel goes to my dry cleaner. The old dry cleaner I had, I told you guys, they closed. The pandemic ate them up. Family, yeah. small, owned dry cleaner. And they were they were awesome. Absolutely awesome. They had your clothes back in two days. It was great. This new dry cleaner, not so much. So I've had several bad experiences with them. So I went in the other day to get my clothes out. And they categorized you by your phone number. Gave them my phone number. That wasn't in their system. I said, well, um, I gave him my name. That wasn't in the system. She said, could I see some ID? Which was weird. So I gave her the ID. She said, well, we can't give you these. I said, why? She said, because the ID says Robert Long. I said, what do you have on there? Rob Long. Oh, come on. Did you tell him to check out back on the wall? You tagged R. Long on the back. She couldn't give me my dry cleaners. My, my 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 dry cleaning because my ID, which I don't understand why they needed that, had Robert Long. But on the tag, it had Rob Long. Did you ask Robert yeah. to come get it? <laughs> As, you, you dumb. Yeah. I, Look, I had. I, I can't say what I said then. I said it calmly, Jeremy. And to my to my credit, I didn't get loud. I said it calmly, but I said it. And I just looked at her. So she went to the back and got mom. She was like in her thirties, but she went to the back and got mom. Mom came to the front and looked at the I looked at the ID and looked at the tag and just put her head down and handed me my dry cleaner. Like she was embarrassed. It had to be. Honestly. You couldn't give it to me because my ID says Robert. Mm. But on a tag, it says Rob. Uh, I wish I was there. For not that. Rod. Not Rod. Rob. Sometimes sometimes you're too smart for your own good. Yeah, well, that's not I don't so, know how smart they are, but it's common sense certainly isn't common. There though. you go. There you right. go. She, she, she wasn't in line for, when they handed out common sense. That's all. I just wish Dempsey was there with you when he went, okay, Robbie. He's like, well, which one is it? You Rob, Robert, or Robbie? <laughs> trying to pick up somebody else's clothing. He was trying to get somebody else's linens, Ed. <laughs> I remember my dry Jared cleaning. told me, he just said to me, Rob Long is a good porn name. But Rod, Rod Long. Rod, Rod Long. Yeah. Rod Long. Oh, that is better. Hair that is Long. better. Yeah. Money Long. Rod Long. Yeah. Rod but Long. when I first got in the radio, people didn't believe that was my real name. They said, what's your real name? Is your radio name? No, Rob Long. No, really, what's your real name? That's my real name. Rob Long. Hey, Jaron, have you seen all those tags around gas stations and on the side of buildings and that says R Long on it? Yeah, that's Rob. Rob's on it. Yeah, he's made his way around. All of, <laughs> if you like, He loves Royal Farms gas stations because he's always writing Rob Long or R Long right there or... Maybe it's an uh, an overpass. Or... I don't think Jaron understands when he talks in the intercom that the people out there can't hear him. Oh, I knew that was just for you guys. Okay, okay. I knew. I knew. I knew. <laughs> something sweet, <laughs> something sweet, sweet Smells. nothings in the in the ear. Oh no, we don't want that. We don't want that. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Man, we haven't heard from this guy in a minute. 
Let's go to Timonium and get Bob. What's up, Bob? Hey, Bob. Hey, how, how y'all doing this morning? Good. How you doing? Well, how, how have you been? I haven't heard from I'm you. Doing, been. I'm doing great. I just ran over one of them bike lane things down here at Milton Avenue and Biddle <laughs> Street. I'm doing all right. Hey, I got Biddle? a shovel mm. for Jeremy Kahn this morning. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Last week he was going on about he was feeling sick from watching the camera down there at the baseball game. Kept blowing around. You know, every morning I listen to him. I'm trying to eat my breakfast, and he grosses me out two or three times a week. I got to turn the damn thing off until I'm done eating. And then that's what makes him sick is that camera. Old <laughs> Uncle Pervy over there, that's the thing that makes him sick. <laughs> Uncle Pervy? Hey, 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 Bob. I, I, my stomach turns every morning, too, but it's when he walks in. He doesn't have to say a word. Just walking in makes my stomach turn. Hey, Bob, have a good weekend, man. 602 uh, in the air. You walk in at 601. Why did I catch a stray from Bob? You caught a stray, man. Make him throw. That was a stray. That was dead on. Oh, well, that, was, that was meant for you. Called you Uncle Pervy. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Pervy. Well, this beard does get me a lot of, uh, anyway. So, <laughs> I, get, do, I do look like Santa. Let's go uh, to Rosedale and get Antonio. What's up, Antonio? Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, sir. How are you? We love Good. Good. You you okay? TGIF. You yes. okay this morning? TGIF. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. Now you sell yourself. All right. There we go. What's on Good your mind? Good luck. Good luck in your championship game tomorrow, Rob. Thank you. Appreciate that. You coming through? I might. All right. Who are you guys playing? The Orioles. Go ready. The Orioles team is playing well in spring training. Do any of the players' performances concern you so far? And you guys have a fantastic weekend. You have a fantastic weekend, too. Yeah, so, Antonio, if you come out, I'll be the guy in the Goretti gear on the sideline cheering my ass off. So uh, you can find me fairly easy over there in the Dan uh, if you want. But go ahead. You can answer this question. No one's performance concerns me right now but Jeremy's. He's the only performance <laughs> that concerns me right now, Antonio. <laughs> Orioles, no, I'm good. I think they're – I mean, Jackson Holiday will be fine. Everybody will be fine. Oh, no, Burns gave up a home run. <sighs> yeah, like that, none of that stuff matters. Why would you wear Goretti gear? Huh? Just to support ah, both say, sides. If you say, huh, you heard me. To support both sides. What do you mean if I say, huh, I heard you? You heard me. Yeah, you did. Is that, is that a rule? But, is that but, true? If I say, huh, I heard you. You answered, yeah. you answered before I, I... I just didn't process the information. My answer me. sometimes is not on the wheel. If you say, huh, you heard me. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Danielle Allen Tuck joins us at 7.30, but on the other side, Wong or Tehran, which has a better chance of helping this team? What? I was just thinking, if we traded for Connor Wong and we had Colton Wong, we could trade two Wongs for a right if we talked to Atlanta and got one of their starting pitchers. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. I want to see Evelyn Champagne King. All right. You playing the fat bass over there, Jeremy? Hell yeah. <laughs> I got that smell the fart face on, too. <laughs> Damn, who did that? Mm. <laughs> smell the fart face. Mm. God, you have cabbage? <laughs> yeah, baby. You kind of know what he means, though. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the bass player up there biting his lip or making that? Mm. <laughs> Damn. It's a very hard instrument to play. So, I only got four strings. I don't know how it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
figure it out, huh? You're pissing off bass players all around Baltimore. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Son of a- it's incredibly difficult. I don't like that show anyway. That's what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like that show. Uh, so it's, Orioles got a couple of uh, what minor league deals done with Wong and Tehran. Wong, second baseman. Tehran, starting pitcher. Pitcher. Let's label him a pitcher. Which one, Ed, do you think has a better chance of helping his team? <laughs> now, uh, it could be zero and one. One, one would be better than zero. Uh, I would say pitching. Okay. I would Because they're so well stacked in position right now, in both the infield and the outfield. I mean, they got, it's crowded, man. But pitching is always you can't have too many pitchers, and they were, you know Bradish has already gone down. Right, so I'm, I'm really thinking him. Sure. I think I think Wong, Jeremy. I think if you can hide him in the minors for a little while, I think he has a better chance. Only because injuries occur, they happen. He comes up, rakes for you for about three weeks, then see you later. I don't see Tehran having anything left in the tank. I'm telling Julio, get the stretch because you ain't coming in here. You can drive everybody else around if you want, but I, I don't want any parts of Julio Tehran. I'm sorry. like, And I know he kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year for about five or six starts. I, I I do this every day. I gamble every day. I do daily fantasy. We didn't know that. No, no, I'm just saying. So I'm looking into the numbers. I'm following stuff. He was so lucky last year in what he got done. And Milwaukee, I, yeah, he just hits way too many bats. Going back and looking at it, I mean, if you wa- and watch the game logs too, if you want to look at like what's transpired, putting guys on. I mean, I'll give him credit; he was still striking some guys out last year, which fifty I was, and seventy one innings though. But I'm saying, like when when I think about Julio Tehran and how it kind mm-hmm. of ended for him, and the fact that he got when when I saw he was pitching, I'm like, what is he? he he's still around because he hadn't pitched since 2021. Mm-hmm. And when he came out last year, what with the four run ERA, the four point four zero ERA, his WHIP was one point one three last year. Um, but he got he did he got some soft contact. So maybe maybe I'm undervaluing what he can bring to the table. But I'm going to go Wong, even though I don't know that there's a place for him on this team. Well, that's my that's my point. I get though. what you're saying. It's like Wong, okay, but you got you got Westberg, Holiday, Urias, Matei. They all play second. Where's he going to go? And by the way, I loved Julio Tehran when he was with the Braves. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought he was a great pitcher, and he just kind of fell off. And, you know, seeing him with the Angels, it's like, what happened to him? He had a 10-run ERA with the Angels. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to totally dismiss the guy. Like, he's just new to town and see him, like, if, if there's anything he can do. But I just don't – I don't see it. I don't see a path to success with him. Me either. But I, so, I think the better chance, honestly, is – is the infielder, Colton Wong. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying he's going to make the team. I'm not predicting that. I just think if you can hide him in the minors for a little while, it's the best chance for him coming up for a cup of coffee, helping you out for a couple of weeks. That's it. And and I like I talked about this too. Like I'm all for the Orioles bringing in whatever. You throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. So I have no problem with them kicking the tires on a Tehran, bringing in a Colton Wong. I, I think that that breeds competition as well. You got a vet that's trying to to stay with it, and and possibly make a roster, and you bring him in with some youngsters. I, I like the idea of it. Can I get off the yeah. topic for a second? What mm-hmm. happened to you? You know, when you get to know a person on social media, you always check in with them. They check in with you. You become social media friends. Yeah. Well, one of those social media friends of mine, and I won't say her name, just texted me and asked me, 
do we do things on mental health awareness and announcements, like a mental health awareness month, which I believe is May. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just feel like we could be influential in helping people. And I'm reading on and reading on. Her 18-year-old daughter took her life February 3rd. Oh, my goodness. Wow. 18 years old. Yeah. 18 years old. We all have kids over 18. Yep. Can you imagine? No. That's, I can't. So and I don't mean I don't mean to bring this show to yeah. a screeching halt, but I'm reading this while we're talking about Colton Wong, and I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, the I mean when you think about like I'm going down to Johns Hopkins Children's Center after this yes. radio thon. Yes. And, uh, I mean, there's people with physical ailments, mental ailments, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we've kind of talked about what each one of us goes through on a daily basis with different things. And I know there's people through the pandemic, if you're trying to get help. Yep. I mean, I think it's important. That was I, tough. I've talked about me quite a bit on the air, and I still haven't even fully disclosed everything that I'm going through. But, like, my depression is just, it's its destroyed me as a person. And I said to Ed, and I don't know if Ed remembers this, when we first went in that dark period, that the recovery of that will be more, a lot longer yeah. than the, the the sickness of the actual pandemic. I thought the mental, yeah. because I knew how it was, it was, it was, man, I felt like I was, the walls were closing in on me. Absolutely. I did. Yeah. So I know if, if a 40 at the time, 40 something year old man could go through that, what, this kid, yeah, kids not graduating traditionally. No. Kids not playing their sports. Not going to school, not being around a friend, just always around looking I at was us. Very worried about my son. Because yeah. he's so isolated. So I, I mean, I have, I have no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that that period, that year that we went through, is contributing to a lot of this. I mm-hmm. totally think it is. I, I really do because think about it. If, if our daughter was I was eighteen now, fourteen year old kid at the time. Yeah, fifteen. You know, my son was, you know, I guess about eighteen, twenty. Um, that's all they knew. This is the first huge thing that's. I mean, it was huge for all of us. No one ever experienced yeah. that before. Yeah. But for them, it was like, oh my goodness, is it was this what life is going to be like? Yep. So, and like, I, I really, I, if the people who did this and made these decisions to, to do this and overdid it, I believe, extraordinarily, it was an, just to me an way overreached. Um, I think they hurt a lot of people. I talked about. I really do. I talked about this at night. Um, when I was sixteen, I tried to kill myself. And the thing that I remember about that most was getting rushed to the hospital. Like, I took a bunch of pills and alcohol, mm-hmm. and uh, my family being the jerks that they were, they found out that I ate, like, two boxes of Sudafed and told me the good news is I'll never have a cold for the next two years. So they at least had fun <laughs> with it after all was said and done. But that's my family. That's how we yeah. we joke about I stuff love like that. that. I love that. But I, I'll never forget the look in my dad's eyes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's such a weird thing because, like, my dad, I've never watched my dad. I saw my dad cry twice. The time I tried to kill myself and when my grandmother died. And there have been other times because he's a big softy now because he got old. But um, those two times as a kid, like that one, it, it was like I could see the pain in his eyes. And as a as a parent, what do you do? Because I'm help you. Yeah, because I'm dealing like I think my, my older son's battling some serious depression like I am. And it's like, how do I fix me and fix him? And I don't want people to think like my depression and the stuff that I go through on a daily basis, like my wife gets to see it. I go home and I lock myself in my room and Mm -hmm. I just, I stay there. That's, that's all I do. Like what you see here, like this is, this is probably me putting on a front more than anything, coming out and doing this, having fun with you I saw a meme that reminded me of you yesterday. It says the great thing about 
my terrible life is at least I'm funny. Yeah. That's is that accurate? That's a thousand percent accurate yeah. to me. Like I talk yeah. about this all the time. Like um, whether people think I'm funny or not, clowns are the saddest people. Yep. And part of like part of the things I'm learning about in therapy is that I deflect so much um, because of like some of the things that you've gone through. And then obviously with Mo passing and my tie in the yeah. mix one and six five, like that exacerbates the situation. Yeah. So and, and and I think the fact that I'm bipolar comes across the air. You know, people, it's it's funny. Yeah. It's funny, and, and and this is so therapeutic because your imperfections come across as the characteristics that people come to love over the years. Yeah. So, again, uh, you know who you are. I wouldn't say your name on air, but my prayers to you, our prayers to you, and, and, and we wish your family the absolute best. 410-583-1057. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring this yeah, show down. Yeah, Smokey Robinson. Thanks, yeah, yeah. And the Miracle that, that was your, based on Pagliacci. Yeah. Well, we can get back to talking about trading said Mullins if you want. World is stupid at 745. We can do that. <laughs> and uh, Baltimore Banners' own Danielle Allen Tuck joins us on the other side talking baseball on the fan. 732 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. As partly, is it partly sunny out there, Ed? I'm asking partly because that thing is only partly, partially open. <laughs> so I think partly sunny. It's partly sunny. Is that it, Jeremy? Yeah, partly sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us right now, talking some baseball, courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline from Baltimore Banner. She is Danielle Allen Tuck. What's going on, Danielle? Good morning. Good morning, morning to you. Thank you for getting up with us early in the morning. Um, Jackson Holiday looked to be in the swing of things yesterday. Was with him? Was it a matter of maybe swinging the bat well and just not getting lucky, or did he just look better yesterday? He just looked better yesterday. Uh, he said he's getting a little bit more comfortable up here. Um, you know, there's some really good pitching yesterday. I think that helped him a lot to kind of see a higher level of competition. But I, I think it just came down to being more comfortable, getting more at bats, and getting more into the swing of things. Mm. Have you seen much of uh, Grayson? I mean, obviously everybody's talking about Corbin Byrne. But I'm just, you know, a lot of us are still curious about Grayson Rodriguez's progress. Yeah, I watched him pitch uh, a couple of days ago. Um, it, it's kind of hard to tell from spring training results because everybody's kind of playing around with something new, Working him included. Yeah. yeah, he has a new fastball that he's added in this spring. Is it a um, two-seamer, I heard? It is, yeah. It is. Um, so it's a little hard to tell from results in game how he's going to do because he's still playing around with it. But uh, it's a new weapon against right-handed batters. Um, it looks good in the bullpens. Um, I think for him... He has all of his first outer way. You know, he debuted. He pitched in a playoff game. He went through the highs and lows of the season. Um, and he said he's learned a lot from it. And he's kind of ready to, like, move on from all of that and kind of not have a fresh start because that's still part of his trajectory, but to just kind of know what to expect this year. He feels a little bit calmer. Uh, his spot is more secure in this camp. He doesn't have to worry about making the team. So I think he's setting himself up for a good year. How much of Enrique Bradfield have you seen? Because I think some fans are curious about him. We hear about all the speed and different things uh, that he can bring to the table and that he might not be long in the minors either. No, I've seen a lot of him. Uh, I think they've played him in five of the six or seven games so far, uh, mainly just late innings, defensive replacement. But, I mean, that kid is fast. Um, everything they say about him is true. Um, and I, I think the difference for him is that it's, he's just going to have to be able to handle higher level pitching um, in order to raise up. But there is room on a team for a guy like him who can, you know, play stellar defense in center field 
and can also, you know, be an asset late in the game as a pinch runner. So I think he has a bright future. I would expect him to climb quickly up the levels this year. Probably not a candidate to make the majors at all right now. Uh, but next year, when some of these veteran outfielders start reaching free agency, I think he's going to be a name that's going to be coming into conversation. The Baltimore band is there. Yo, Alan Tuck joins us. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Uh, Julio Tehran uh, said he embraces a new arsenal. He also quoted in saying the hitters, they told me I look like a new pitcher. Does this guy have a chance? Uh, just to be honest with you, we're not very high on him here. Does he have a chance, you think, in making this team? I don't – it's a slim chance. Um, I think that they needed some additional starter depth. So it was a good idea to go out and get him for kind of a cheap deal. I, I don't think he's a chance for this rotation at all. I think the rotation is pretty much a lock right now with the five guys, even though they have the two injured guys right now. Um, maybe a long reliever if Bruce Zimmerman isn't up to the task or one of the other guys who has been on a team isn't looking good this spring. But I, I don't really expect them to make this team at this point. Hmm. Has anyone stood out? We, we've asked people who've been down because we used to go to spring training for seven, eight years in a row. And um, oh, someone always stuck out. And the players, would, you know, one year was John Means. I mean, everyone who came in to talk to us, we asked them the question, was, oh, this guy John Means, he looks like a different guy. Anybody look like they made some real strides in the offseason or coming in great shape? I have been really impressed with Colton Couser so far. Uh, you know, he debuted last year, was up for maybe like 10 games, and he just like didn't look like he belonged yet. Um, you know, he had really good defense, but he just, he just couldn't hit. I mean, he just wasn't performing at all. Um, and I think for him, the big thing was that he kind of had to decide if he was going to be a power hitter, if he was going to be a hitter for average. He can't try to do both and excel. Um, he really sat down this winter, kind of started to figure that out. Uh, and he looks really good at spring. I think he has two homers. Uh, he's really comfortable. I, I think he has a really good chance to make this team. He looks a lot stronger than when I saw him last June. Daniel, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I appreciate what your main objective was in training or in uh, spring training is to pet as many dogs as possible. How has that been going for you? Have you been able to find as many dogs out there to pet? Because I was down yesterday and saw immediately see two dogs at the Johns Hopkins Children's Center and rush right over to them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I love animals. So anytime I see them, I'm going to flock to them. But I, I saw you petting a, one of the goodest boys down there. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard work to find all the dogs. But the ground, head groundskeeper down here has a dog. So I get to see him every morning, Dash. Um, and then fans bring their dogs, so I make sure to say hi to all of them. Uh, Freddie Gonzalez, bench coach, has a dog who comes and visits sometimes. So I'm, I'm doing some good work there. See, Rob's shaking his head at me, but I love pets. And I, I think people with their dogs. Do you guys see, uh, who was it, um, just took over on the Daily Show, John Stewart crying when he was talking about his dog, man. It's important. Rob, don't give me the finger. Yeah. See, Rob's a jerk. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Danielle. Rob's a jerk. He's been talking about trading Cedric Mullins all morning, which I don't understand. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I am a jerk, but I didn't say that. Make sure you tell Cedric. I did not say that. Danielle Alatek, thank you very much for your time this morning. And uh, uh, I guess you got the clubhouse next. Maybe some good things yes, to be said there. All right. We'll follow you on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle? The underscore Alan Tuck. All right. Thanks a lot, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See, Rob, I already knew that. What? Her Twitter. I did, too. I'm on it right now. I just uh, wanted her to see You probably have her number saved in your phone. Yeah, I would save it. If somebody gave me the number, I would save it, Joe. <laughs> but Joe gave me two different fingers, and it wasn't either the ones I expected. <laughs> there we go. He's going to let you down. By the way, 
I never miss a chance to speed bag that cat's balls. <laughs> he came in here. He goes, Rob, I can't find your number again. You might want to save it in your phone at some point because we just have her on every other week. <laughs> oh. That's messed up. Oh. But true. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Uh, more trouble for Tariq Hill. We'll talk about that at 8 o'clock. But on the other side, we get yeah. stupid with Jeremy Khan. So we have a clean world of stupid for everybody out there. We're going to talk no, about... No Uncle Perv. Uh, Uncle Pervy. No, but I do have interesting stories. By the way, someone hit me on Twitter says, uh, Bob is right. Hashtag Uncle Pervy. Ooh. How am I perverted? Especially sitting around you two cats. How much time we have? You guys put little piggies in your mouth. How much feet? Not, that's not perverted. You know that came up at the tavern the other night? Did it? Feet? Yes. Good. But that's not, I don't think that's perverted. We don't walk around putting random people's feet. You're perverse. I don't, what do I walk around doing? Just bumping your gums. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about a really interesting squatter case in New York. Um, this is, it's kind of crazy what was said, and we'll see what you guys think about it. I want to talk about Statue of Limitations, a guy that turned himself in for the murder of his wife, and the judge goes, no, it's been too long. I want to see how you feel about this. Okay. And then lastly, we're going to get to uh, a really interesting story here about an Oregon mom that grabbed a world record for the long, uh, largest tongue circumference. I want to show you some pictures and see what hmm. you guys think. And the longest what? Tongue circumference. Ooh. About as thick as a Pepsi can. So we'll talk about it. That's coming up next in the World of Stupid. Huh. All right, let's get to this uh, woman with this huge tongue. Her name is Jenny Duvender. Duvander. Here's a picture of her, guys. And it doesn't look like it's all that big. I think it's a little misleading. It is the Guinness Book of World Records for the width. Can you see it? Yeah, it's real fat. So you can... Um, also purple. Yeah, but they, they say the circumference, but they're actually talking about the width across because when she balls it up, um, yeah. and they said it can be as wide as a, a can of soda, uh, if that matters anything to you. Kind of a weird thing. Um, Ed's always told the story about Guinness Book of World Records when he went. Do you uh do you remember the story Ed and how it went uh, with the Guinness Book of World Records? Because I do. The tongue. So her, by the way, her tongue five point two one inches wider than the size of a soda can. They're saying. I remember, because I remember we were having a discussion with her, and she's saying, "No, Guinness is right here because it's in it's in Sarasota." Yeah. And they're like, you know, I think I have the widest tongue in the world. So I was there with Jerry. He said, "I think I have the smallest feet in the world." And then my friend Jeff was there. He said, I'm sure I have the smallest penis in the world. So she went in first and immediately comes running out. It was, it was an easy She goes, ah, I got it. I have the widest tongue in the world. Then Jerry went in. Yeah. And he comes out and he's like, story. he goes, I did it. I'm in. I have the smallest feet in the world. And then Jeff went in and he's in there. And he comes out all pissed off. And I go, what's the matter? He goes, the hell is Jeremy Kahn? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for that one. Yeah, so she's got the widest tongue. I don't know if anybody wants to get anything tongue-punched by that lady. But. I just, someone just did that joke to me two days ago. Really? Yeah. Just did it two days ago. They heard it here. By the way, I, I may have told the corduroy pillow joke about a thousand times yesterday. I thought that was so good. Did you guys hear about the new corduroy pillow? Mm -hmm. It's making headlines. Anyway. There was uh, one somebody mentioned you said, that was at the... Uh, the bourbon tasting at the tavern. By the way, thank everyone for coming. It was a wonderful awesome. event. And Molly, here's your shout out. <laughs> but um, there was one you talked about a convict sliding down, escaping from prison. 
Um, was it the um, was it a, a like a little person convict? Yeah. It was a God. What was the the punchline? It's a. I'll have to think of it. Let's. I'll think of it and I'll get the. They joke love that one. Um, here's here's one that's interesting. So we talked about the squatter in Queens. It's a two million dollar home. So here's what happened. This is the guy that he's saying that he took care of a man that died in that home. He was. He was um, the care person for a guy that was, mm-hmm. you know, slowly dying. And he swears that the guy said that he could stay in his home as long as he wanted. Like he was just giving him the home. I'm sure the guy has a will that say, states something. So he ends up being a squatter for the next year. That's the home is auctioned off and sold. Meanwhile, he's still living there. Oh. So the new family shows up like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? So now Susanna and Joseph Landa, both 68, haven't been able to enter their home in Queens uh, since... The deed was signed in October. I work for the owner of the house. These people are good people. It's a shame what is going on. Uh, they're actually hiring a celebrity security guard to try to keep this guy away from the house, but I think it has to go through the court system at first to get everything decided. And they bought this home to take care of their disabled son. Oh, So they're trying to move their disabled son in. The squatter's rights. Now, look, I don't buy anything this guy's saying that they left the home to him. It mm-hmm. could have been said, but if it's not written, I'm sorry. Right. Like, th- we know what happens here. Um but they, we've talked about squatters' rights and all the things that go on with this, and it still doesn't make sense to me. Like, whose home is it? And that's the bottom line. Like, show me this person's home who bought it. Absolutely. I, I, I want to spend more time on this because with both of you guys in law enforcement, I'm kind of curious. Like, we've, um, if you've seen the movie Double Jeopardy, you know you can't be tried for the same case twice, right? Or something similar to that. Do you guys like? Do you like that, Ed? Is that fair? Is it that's, unfair? That's that people actually can't be... judge, right? Yeah, they actually judge. I think, was that Morgan Freeman in that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, they did so many movies together. But do you, um, maybe that was Kiss the Girls. Do you buy into that, like the double jeopardy thing that people shouldn't be tried the same time? What if there's new information or maybe you shouldn't have gone after them the first time? You know what I'm talking about? I do about? believe it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is another one where it's like the statute of limitations. But when does that fall apart? So wife killer who turned himself in after 22 years hiding in the rainforest mm-hmm. will walk free again. As judge rules, statue of limitations is up a murder it's statute statute. Sorry. My apologies. Uh, statute of limitations up the, a murder who hid in the, <laughs> hit Joe out, is, right next, is <laughs> right next to the statue of Liberty. <laughs> the statute. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not enunciating. Um, anyway, because of the statute, see, of limitations for, has expired. Ramon Angel Abreu, uh, 70, emerged from Argentina's uh, jungle in October, 22 years after he escaped from a van taking him to prison where he was to serve 20 years. He was sentenced to 20 years. He never spent 20 years in prison. So how is the statute so, of so, limitations? So he's up? already done it. He's done his time. In the jungle? 22 years have passed. <laughs> what do you think about this? Where is this? Um, well, the, he's obviously been in Argentina, so they said a South American rainforest, okay. so I'm assuming that's it the country. That, yeah. See, the reason I'm asking, because there's, there's no statute of limitations on murder here. It never goes away. Rape is one, right? It depends on the state, but murder, murder. for sure in every state, every state. is every state. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, so that's why I was like, that's an odd story. Another country, different law system, different yeah. legal system. So, yeah. Um, no, I don't. Believe, I mean, I do believe in statutes of limitations because I do think statue. Sorry, stat, thank you. I don't like when people come out, you know, like thirty years later, and God, I said later, later. I really did. Um, and they come up with, you know, I was molested here, or I was sexually abused here. Like that was thirty years ago. I, I got it, but in thirty years, 
you know, now you're like 45 years old or something, and this. What's the motivation here? Like, you know how what? you what? Nothing. There's something on your mind. I'm listening. Yeah. There, by the I'm way, I'm listening to you. That's what I'm doing. Oh, you use his hands? I'm listening. Hey, hey. I've got my my thumb on my index finger and the finger next to it, and Can't I'm shaking that? both hands. Bobby the Booper? And I'm listening to you. By the way. His lawyer. Tell me the rest of the story later. <laughs> later, later. By the way, his his lawyer, much Statue? like much like the guy we talked about yesterday, uh-huh. that stupid ass lawyer for Chief Saholic. Uh-huh. This guy tried to say the same thing that Ed said. He basically served his sentence by living in the jungle. Was that an option for everyone? <laughs> hey, instead of being behind bars, I'll just go live in the jungle. Like I don't know. Have you he, lived in the jungle for twenty two hey, years? Sometimes you don't know. It's a jungle you don't sometimes, know. man. Sometimes it make me wonder. Keep going under. But this story is, um, so he had uh, ambushed his pregnant wife in January of 2000 with a 9mm pistol, shooting her dead as she tried to escape. <coughs> Throw his ass in jail. Yeah. So now his sentence becomes 22 years in jungle, 20 years in prison. That's what it should be. And I, Statute, statute, statute. No, I, stu- agree, I agree with you. Doesn't matter. I agree with you. Like, this whole thing is just... Ah, man. I know. What what hit you over there? Because something just happened. And... I just remember the punchline. Well, good. His little person is escaping from prison. He's halfway down the wall. He's, he's, he shot me a, a dirty look. And one thought to myself was, that's a little condescending. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's your world of stupid. Jerry Palm <laughs> joins us at 845. You don't want to miss that. Talking some college basketball. But on the other side... More trouble for Tariq Hill. When does the league get involved? Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. 803 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Some guys just seem to have trouble following them. You guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. It's just no matter what happens, trouble just seems to follow them. And Tariq Hill is one of those guys. He's facing more legal trouble after influencer – Sophie Hall alleged in a new lawsuit that the star Dolphins receiver fractured her leg with crushing force during a football lesson in the backyard of his Florida mansion. The suit, which was uh, first viewed by the Daily Mail, uh, alleges that Hall, 35, was knocked to the ground with such force that she had to undergo reconstructive surgery during the June incident. Hall is suing uh, Hill for assault, battery, and negligence and seeking damages in excess of $50,000. The influencer alleged that uh, the episode stemmed from an earlier moment when she said Hill felt humiliated after she knocked him down during a series of drills. So saying it's very retaliation? She knocked him yeah. down and he broke her leg? Yeah. I don't think he, like... In- and from the story, didn't he, when he shoved her down or when he knocked her, that's when she broke her leg? Yes. Right? Like, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm trying to break your leg because no. you embarrassed was, me. Was but d- it was doing just a these... drill. He shoved her. Yeah, he didn't dive at it. or but like The, way, guess, he just, the way she describes it, she, he just basically ran right through her. So the, mm-hmm. is, the, is the problem. What with, kind of football lessons is she In getting? his mansion. Yeah, like, what's this about? In his backyard of his mansion. Who else was there? I, I think this was, look, he's got other paternity suits that are out right mm-hmm. now, right? He's. He's a piece of garbage. He's a phenomenal football player and a piece of garbage. I mean, there's 
And he's getting opportunities again because people didn't follow through with what happened initially to uh, to press him. Like the girl, even the woman he's with now, like I think she's trash too. She accepted the money, did all that, like whatever, he's man. He's also it, in the prime of his career, so it's like he's, his talents are fading. No, he's, look. That's why he's still got a job. He is so much fun to watch. He's yeah. an amazing football player and just a horrible human being. Like, she, she says he forcefully and purposefully shoved her. And it was in front of friends and families. Uh, at a at a it was just a friendly football lesson, um, according to them. I think they were fooling around and something happened, but like whatever. If if it's around other people and they saw it, the the thing here though is, eat. Let's say she's lying, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say she's lying mm-hmm. because it's Tyreek Hill, and all the other stuff that's going on with him. Uh-huh. Do you tend to believe her? Here's why. Here's what makes me think it's something to it. She's suing for fifty thousand, not millions. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? She's that's probably how much everything comes up to. You know, what I mean, if, if she's an athletic person, the treatment, the rehab, she probably she probably came up with a real fee. She's not trying to sue him for millions of dollars. She's suing him for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I know. That's that to me says it's not a money grab. No, you cost me some money. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what job she has. What kind of, way to look at what kind of insurance she has? She when when I'm suing you for fifty thousand dollars for because my leg broke and I got to rehab it. That's about how much everything costs. Well, her job is mm-hmm. isn't she just an uh, influencer? Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Does she have insurance? Look pretty. Be you thick. Don't, you don't know. So it sounds like to me, and she's suing him to pay the doctor's bills. That's what it sounds like. It's about you know, what what that would cost. Well, who, who lies about that? Yeah. That that to me that's what gives it. Some credibility. The fact that if she's, I'm suing him for a uh, two million dollars for the injuries and pain and suffering. That's some BS. So the the other part of this too is that with her being a plus size influ- influencer, and I don't want people to get it twisted. This isn't uh, some like ridiculously out of shape woman. This woman's in. She's in really good shape. She's a big woman. Um. So like, is there something to this as well? If does it take her away from working out and doing the things she likes to do and all this other stuff? But with what Rob's saying, like, if it's, just, I don't want to say just 50K, but if that's what you're suing an NFL player that's worth millions for yeah. after breaking your leg, then maybe there is some validity to this. Exactly. That's, that's, I always look at, I always look at the amount. You know, people go to that whole pain and suffering. Uh, how much is pain and suffering worth, really? How much is that worth? My pain and suffering is worth $3 million. Really? You weren't going to make $3 million if you had gone to work. You didn't call out. You weren't making that. So that to me says, I'm, listen, Tariq, I'm not trying to get any money from yeah. you other than what it costs me to take care of my business. That's it. And like you said, Jeremy, because it's him, that gives it, that makes you hesitate too. That makes you kind of stutter step a little bit because he is exactly how you describe them. That's everything that I get from him. Having said that, how long does it take for the NFL to get involved in this? Or do, does the NFL get involved in this? Well, he, It's a civil suit. He's already had, yeah, they'll get involved. Of course, because it's a bad look for the league. So this <laughs> this is something where Tyreek Hill has been through this mess since college into the NFL. And you can go back and look at the track record of what's gone on with him. Um, if if the, the first girlfriend or baby's mama, whatever, I don't know if that's his wife now or what, or what their relationship status is. But if she dropped the charges against him after the what the baby broke his arm and all the other things uh, that were alleged mm-hmm. against him yeah. that he was going to be like punished for, that got dropped because he was signing a brand new you know hundred million dollar deal. And she, he broke off. Yeah. Well, look, 
She made a business decision, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. And it's like I didn't know who Sophie Hall was, though. I never, I never knew who she was. Until, I didn't either until this. Now I'm looking her up more and more. Um, she's a tall gal. How tall is she? Uh, let me see. Uh, why does it come up? Let me get she, measurements. She's curvy. Yeah, definitely curvy. Well, that's why. I mean, she's a plus size model. Is that plus size? That's what she's considered. Okay. Um, what? She's oh, really on, curvy. I'm on images. All right, here we go. Sophie Hall. She is, uh, she's English too. I didn't know that. 5'11", 209 pounds, uh, 40-inch bust, 34-inch waist. Her hips are 53 inches. And she wears a size 10 shoe. She's got a big old dumper on her, Rob. Big old dumper. She's definitely plus size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know she was 200 pounds. I'm looking at pictures of her now. Hey, look, some some people carry it differently. Yeah. So begin. Uh, where are we at? She looks great. She's just big. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Let's go to Baltimore and get Solomon. What's up, Solomon? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. I just wanted to comment on that Tyreek Hill situation. You guys said he was a piece of trash. He's not OJ Simpson. So you got to be a mur- you got to be a murderer you, you got to be a double murderer to be a piece of trash. He allegedly knocked his girlfriend down with the baby in the arm and broke the baby's arm. He's a piece of garbage. So he's well, got to be he's got to be allegedly. he's got to be a double murderer to be a piece of trash. Because he wasn't charged for it. He was. I mean, he didn't. He he wasn't found so, guilty because she dropped the charges. How was his wife a piece of trash though? What for? For uh, who said his wife? I did. Oh, I okay. said she's a all piece right. of garbage for taking. Look, th- all this stuff's going on. Taking money when when all this stuff happened, she she sold out for the bag. So like, if you don't think she's a piece of trash for that, if someone broke my kid's arm, I'm not selling out for money, especially in that situation. The hell out of here with that. Yeah, that's if he if he broke his arm though. That's okay. if he broke his arm. I mean, if you if you love the guy, then say you love him. I mean, it's fine. Like if you if you think this guy's held to a higher standard than everyone else, then go ahead. <laughs> so you got to be a double murderer. <laughs> that's even he wasn't found guilty. Is 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 that is that the is that the motto? A double murderer, piece of trash. Everybody else below that, pretty good. Here, let me let me pull up all the Tyreek Hill <laughs> stuff just so I can lay it out for you guys. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Well, you you laid it out for? You got one person calling to defend him. Well, That's I just, it. I want who, the news to be out who there. Who said, well, if he broke his arm. So you didn't know about that then. <laughs> well, he, yeah. you didn't hear? <laughs> By the way, he has a legal issue segment or a section on um, Wikipedia that has four different things on it. Domestic assault in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, he assaulted and battered and strangled a woman. He got three years probation for it. Anger management course. A year-long batterers program. Uh, March of 2019, he was investigated for allegedly battery, alleged battery on an incident where his three-year-old son sustained a broken arm. The son was placed in the care of child services. Yeah, good guy, man. Wait, good football player. Let's let's cheer him on some more. Um, and then the assault uh, uh, investigation we just had. His house burned down. The kid was playing with with matches. And I know that could happen to anybody. But look, it's just a long line of things that have gone on with him. And now he's got two more paternity suits going on. I don't think he's a good guy. So sorry. That's how I that's how I look at it. Commission's Baltimore, 830. Jerry Palm joins us to talk college basketball at 845. But on the other side, Jeremy Conn is going to give you his mock draft, the first five picks in this year's NFL draft. Ed Norris and Isaac is going to make funny of him because it's probably, probably stupid. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Man, we get right into it. No, uh, no foreplay at all. Just right into it. 
By the way, I kind of like this version. I saw. Do you realize how miserable it must have been to be Michael Jackson? Like there was um there was a uh, he was doing like a press conference or whatever, and he was speaking to a group of people. Mm-hmm. Every time his face moved, the cameras went off. Every time he moved, they wanted to get a picture of him. That must have been like just a horrific. I know everybody's talking about all the different, like being that big of a celebrity. You'd like that? I don't. I don't. I think the idea of it's great, but once you get into it, you'd probably hate it. I would think so. It's a miserable. Like hearing celebrities talk about it, it's a miserable life being followed around by paparazzi. Constantly. Yeah, it's a little bit different being a you know a decent actor and making a healthy living and you know making good money and recognized here or there. Right. You know, aren't you the guy from that movie instead of being one of the biggest icons in the in history? The world. Yeah. yeah. First world problems. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you yeah. want to hear my draft picks? Yeah, I want to listen to them. Yo, Which, give me your, give me your number five. All right. So he, this is saying that no trades go down. Right. Obviously, um, just looking at the, give the, me the five team teams. and the player. So uh, one through five, I'm I'm going to go from five to one. But the teams that are drafting in order are Bears, Commanders, Pats, Cardinals, Chargers. We start with the Chargers, and when I'm looking at it. Chargers have their quarterback. Uh, they have a lot of things set in stone. They have good wide receivers. Uh, they might have to jostle there a little bit. I think they need offensive line help. Okay. So I think you're right. Where I'm going at number five, and I put oh. two names down here, okay? Joe Alt. Joe Alt or Fashanu, the, the kid from Penn State. I don't know who they like better. It's one of those two. I'll say Joe Alt for just, just for, you know, you know what and giggles, but I think Joe Alt goes to the Chargers at five. All right. Number four. At number four, I think this is one of the, the savviest bets you can make knowing that um, the three teams ahead of number four need a quarterback. And anybody that trades up might be targeting one. I have Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Cardinals. Okay. And right. if if what I think happens with one, two, and three, I think this is a lock. Um, well, I shouldn't call it a lock. I, I, I think it's it's very well possible that the Cardinals are in the best possible situation of needing a oh wide receiver. God. I know I know a quarterback, a certain quarterback in Arizona is going to be happy about that. Yeah, if he, if he falls there. And by the way, I think there's at least three wide receivers that are going in the top ten, and I don't have any in my top three. So at number three, this is the one that might shock some people. Um, the Patriots are there. I think they take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. I think they take the quarterback that gets compared a lot to Lamar, um, and they try to make hay up there with him with Gerard Mayo. Uh, I don't know what type of pro he's going to be. I loved watching I think him he's in college. Be a phenomenal pro. I, I think he's going to be an outstanding pro. I like this kid. I like this kid probably midway through the season. He got my number one Heisman Trophy vote when I voted this year. I think he's going to be a sensational NFL quarterback. Yep. I do. And, and if I had the number two pick and somebody took Caleb Williams – I think I'd take Jaden Daniels, but for some reason, because it's the Commanders, I think they're taking Drake May. And he's the one guy out of those top three that I don't buy into. I don't either. Someone said he's the best NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. I don't see it. I don't see it. I see Mitchell Trubisky. I don't I don't see it with him. I don't. I don't I don't see I don't get it. I don't I, I tried. I tried to sink my teeth into that. But every time I look at him, I'm like, nah. no. Well, the last time I was wrong with someone that kind of looked like him was Herbert. But you liked Herbert coming out of college. I loved Herbert. I told yeah. Ed he'd be the best quarterback coming out of the draft. Yeah. I love Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, I like. I, I didn't. I wasn't in love with Herbert. I was kind of indifferent. Well, I, I, like, I don't know that I draft him that high, but obviously he turned I, I, out I, pretty I love, good. I love Justin Herbert coming out of college. But if number two is Drake made to the Commanders, and number one's obviously Caleb Williams. Um, I was going to Caleb Williams of the Bears, and I know people are saying, who was it? A uh, former NFL player just started speaking up. It's like, oh, um, Roddy White from the Falcons is like, mm-hmm. if you 
You never even gave this guy weapons. You finally got him weapons last year, and now you're going to move on from Justin Fields? From a business standpoint of either, I think the Bears are in a unique situation because they have so much money under the cap. If they decided to pay their quarterback, they'd be fine. And then they could trade that number one overall pick. And with the number one overall pick, you could possibly get four, you know, ones and twos between them. Two ones, two twos, two one, uh, three ones and a two. Like there's all this talk about how much it's worth just to move up one spot, one spot. And then you could assure yourself if you did that, that when you move down, mm-hmm. you're taking Marvin Harrison with the second pick, third pick, whatever. Um, and you're not getting leapfrog, which I think that's what they want to do is pair him with somebody. But it sounds like Justin Fields is going to the Falcons. And uh, we'll find out draft day or shortly before that what the trade compensation is going to be. But I, I think it's a smart move to take. What are you talking about? What Roddy White said, CJ Moore, I thought said it best. CJ, DJ, uh, DJ uh, 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 Moore said it best. He said, uh, "Not one of those quarterbacks in the draft is as good as Justin Fields." He goes on to say he's a dynamic player, dynamic quarterback. I mean, we want him here. I've been having a great year with him. So that should speak volumes. I just leave it to the upstairs. He said that during the season, but more recently he said, these guys aren't aren't better than him. Why are you getting rid of him? I think he'll change his tune once he gets Caleb Williams, but I get it. I get being frustrated because you could make you could make that team better to make a playoff run right now, but I think the smarter business move is to take Caleb, get the quarterback on the rookie deal for five years. You trade Justin Fields, you get probably three picks for him. I'm agreeing with I agree with that. Um I just I think it's a little harder than I mean, what a lot of people make it out. To I do. think Fields is awesome, though, man. I, th- I think I think Justin Fields is awesome, man. I, I would, and if we didn't have a quarterback, I'd be shouting from the rooftop every I like day. Him too. Trade with the Bears. And, Trade with yeah. the Bears. And it's like I always say, like you know what you got with him. You don't. Well, he's he's an, he's a NFL caliber quarterback. You don't know how any of these guys. I don't care if it's Kelly Williams or not. You don't know how they're going to perform in the pros. So I have three quarterbacks in my top three in the draft, mm-hmm. right? And then we have three quarterbacks that should be out there with Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, and in the trade of Justin Fields. How often do you see an opportunity like this if you're looking for a quarterback yeah. and you're headed into the Six draft? Six of them available. Yeah, because a lot of guys are like, man, we're not at the top end. We're not getting one of these quarterbacks. Well, you've got a chance to trade for one, possibly make a move and sign another one. And we don't even know. Baker Mayfield's still out there too, right? He hasn't signed with the Bucks. Yeah, yet. but he doesn't go along in this conversation. I'm just saying, like, you have options at quarterback. Yeah. What about that tight end from uh, Georgia? That guy, kid's a beast. Bowers right? is just—he is—he might not go in the top ten though. He's really? so, he might just go right outside the top ten. Yeah, he's just because tight of end. everything else. Yeah, okay. it's not—it's not because of him. Um, I hear so many people talk about him. Yeah, he's—he's he's awesome. But well, you—you got to have a specific need for a tight end. Yeah, and you got to have that need and no other need. So to draft a tight end, it's weird. So we, uh, two early. other things with the wide receivers because I think three wide receivers go in the top ten, including Rome. Adunzie from uh, Washington. I love him. Uh, Malik Neighbors is the other one. And here's the interesting thing with him. Neighbors was primarily a slot receiver at LSU. Um, does that equate to taking him in the top 10? And here's what I'll tell you about that. There was another guy that was primarily a slot receiver at LSU. And then he slipped in the draft a little bit. Not not out of the oh, first no, round or anything. Not him. Ooh. Justin Jefferson. Okay. So where does Keon Coleman go? I love Keon Coleman. Well, from Florida I State. think he's back into the first round. He's a guy that I had circled around the Ravens that I love the idea of him coming here, but I still think the Ravens are going to be looking for tackle or trading out of that spot, which I know people hate. Um, but if you have the opportunity to accumulate more picks on day two and work the front end of that draft, like I, there's plenty of options for the Ravens, but I always trust what DaCosta does. I, I think the guy's brilliant and yeah. more times than not, he's going to make the right move. 
But I, I do think this is a very interesting draft that's top-heavy with quarterback. But, like, we were just talking about, too, what, what happens with Michael Penix Jr.? Uh, I saw Daniel Jeremiah has J.J. McCarthy in his top ten. Yeah, he has four quarterbacks going in the top I ten. I don't see, I don't see him going McCarthy going top ten. They had him going to the Falcons, which that's not happening if they get Fields, obviously. But now, if he didn't get hurt, where would Jordan Travis be in all this conversation? <sighs> I mean, he's, I think he's still a first round pick. You think he's still? You yeah. still, still think so? So he's going to go to Willis McGahee route? I, well, no, no, no. I'm saying if the injury hadn't happened, I oh, still think he would be a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's one that I don't know. I, I got a buddy that loves him, loved him last year, and was like, man, if Lamar walks, I'd He's love the to business. take this guy. Yeah. He is the business. Jeremy, I'd love to make fun of it, but that's pretty good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ed, the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in the world. <laughs> Joe Old going to the Cardinals. This is stupid. I'm still smiling. Stupid. I got a compliment. Look at this. I'm fishing for him. <laughs> Jerry Palm, Jerry Palm joins us at 845 to talk some college basketball. But on the other side, my friend, is Commissioner Baltimore. What you got, Eddie? We're, we talk about, I had a conversation with a bunch of homicide cops last night and um, talking about how they can't, they can't retain people, they can't get people to you know, come to the department, and they're down to, you know, a zillion people. By recruitment and what motivates I just want to talk about what I think they're doing wrong and how to fix this. Commissioner Baltimore up next on The Fan. Commissions Baltimore with Ed Norris. What got what's going on over there? Well, a lot going on in the city. I was out with um, a bunch of Baltimore police officers last night. We get together every so often for happy hour, and I got to a bunch of people who I've known from my time there, and people who haven't. You know, came on after, but it was just a good bunch of men and women, and um. We were talking about the state of the department and the state of the city, and you know how the people. And the, the common theme was that they just don't get it. And people like me and you and others who've done it, we do get it. We know exactly what you say when you say they don't get it. Right. And it's, it's like anything else. Like, you know, if you're a soldier in combat or a police officer or a firefighter, some, you know, some uniquely dangerous profession that galvanizes people and really brings them to a next level of closeness you don't get if you work in an office or you know, a retail store or a law firm or whatever it may be. Um, because when the, you know, the, the, th- the threat of being murdered at work is always there and it's real, it definitely brings people closer. It just does, you know. And then the people who join those professions, they do it. <laughs> Nobody's pursuing money by becoming a cop. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I know people, they read these stories. Oh, he's making $150,000 with overtime. Yeah, maybe he did. I mean, maybe he's been working homicides, you know, like. But that means more time put his life with a lot. Right. It's just, and working hard and like, forget it. It just, it just annoys me because he can do no right. But anyway, we, I was talking about this with a bunch of old timers there last night. And some of the guys were young, who were still on. And I said, I just don't get this. You know, paying people, giving them a stipend to come on, which they're doing now, even like ten grand. Yeah, and I, that's fine. I mean, that's that's somebody's thought prior. Okay, fine, um, but it's not going to solve your problems because that's kind of a mercenary way to do things. Oh yeah, I'll join. I'll take that job for a ten thousand dollar check, and I don't know how long they have to stay. Um, but they're tapping into the wrong thing, and this is when the guy said, and this was a you know. <laughs> Middle-aged guy, big, big, big older 
detective, younger than me, but an older guy. And he wasn't in his thirties or anything. And he just said, they don't get it. They don't get us. And I was like, no, they don't. And when then we started talking, they both are like getting misty. I was like, they don't understand that you have this above average sense of altruism. You want to help people. You want to change the world. You probably hate bullies and you don't want to. It's like this whole, yeah, I know what you do. Not today. Yeah. Not when I'm working. You ain't doing this today. You ain't going to rob anybody. You're not going to intimidate anybody. Not while I'm working. And the, not stand on the corner to sell drugs. Right. None of those things. Not today. And it just, to tap into that, you've got to go after that part of those people. The people that are actually wired that way, who will literally risk their lives. And one of the younger guys um, said to me, and he, 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 goes, he said, he goes, I'd follow you anywhere, man. He goes, it ain't like that now. He goes, I would follow you anywhere. He goes, because I know you had our backs. And that's what's missing. It's like, because this is the secret. It's like, they, if they know you're protecting them, and that was always on my mind, you protect the people of the city, I will protect you from those that are trying to hurt you. And they, they are politicians, prosecutors, people who are doing mostly good people, some unethical ones. And he said, that's right. He goes, and we knew that you had our backs. And that's what's really missing here. And... I had a campaign that we did here, and I did one in New York, and there was one in New Orleans that I think, and this is, this is a very, I think, moving video, but it's black and white, and it's a video, and obviously this is radio, but I just want you to hear this commercial they ran in New Orleans that I really liked and modeled things after. I wear thin shoes so I can feel the pavement on the bottoms of my feet. I wear thin shoes so I never forget. So I can always feel it, never giving in, never giving an inch. I wear thin shoes so I can feel the city. And I feel the city changing. Everything changes. It makes you wonder if anything lasts. But when you find something, something that matters, you stand up for it. I think about why I was put on this earth. Maybe I was put here to fight, to fight for what matters to fight for what is worth saving. While I consider this, I wear thin shoes so I can feel the city, the city that I love. Love that. Love that. And if you can see the the, oh, the video, you know, it's a police officer walking. You don't really see his face. You see the bottom, his shoes, his, his legs and his shoes walking on wet pavement. There's some horses walking. Also, that's where you hear the heavy thuds. And, and there was some, you know, a little group of kids sitting around. That's who you're fighting for. It's like, to me, it was like, that's it. That's how you do this. Why is it so freaking hard for people? This is the people you want to tap into. I get excited hearing it again. I've heard that. I've seen that video a hundred times. And every time I listen to it, it gets me. And this is what's missing. And I, if there's police out there or people that want to do that job, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're missing the boat here. And it's a great opportunity because my point was, I said this the other day, I go, it's not about money. You're not going to make enough money in that job to, <laughs> to buy a mansion or buy you know, a yacht. Or, it's not that kind of profession. But, you know, you'd be able to strip your sleeves and, and show your, your grandkids your scars and say, yeah. I was one of those people that turned Baltimore around. It used to be really bad here. Now it's not. But you know why? Because we did this. And I was part of that. That's who you want. Have, have we seen anything over the years with uh, a city that's totally flipped from New York City? I mean, is it totally flipped or is there it, still? It, until now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never back off that. That it, city was totally turned around. Detroit? 
Is that totally? I've, I've heard they've come back. I have not yeah, been there, but I've heard it's come back. You guys get what I'm saying, yeah? Because like, yeah. I think it's a really hard thing to do, and like you'd want to look at what other people are doing and try to model it, or at least steal some stuff, like you were talking about with the. They, the, they did, and then they yeah. criticize it. There's the problem because they don't believe it or they can't do it because New York City flipped. It went from being a, the butt of every late night comics jokes, 2,200 murders a year, to like 300 in a city that's 13 times the size of Baltimore. Yeah, my it's, son was driving up to New York with some friends, and I said, "Be careful," and I'm like. Well, I mean, you are going out of town, but maybe he's safer. <laughs> yes. But the problem is they've undone a lot. De Blasio was the worst thing in the world. He's undone a lot of things, and, like, you know, it's, it's become a mess again. But it's like that's by design, and that's by neglect, and people just don't know what they're doing. It's, it's two things. Number one, so you, you want basically the recruitment to be like the military recruitment because that's that sounds like a – a Navy or well, I always or compare it Marines. to the Marines. Uh, yeah. That's why the Marines never Marines. fall short. Right, because the few, right, the proud, proud, the Marines. But here's here's the issue, though, and I agree with you. Money, you're never going to make enough money. I know that because I, you know, you worked here and I worked down south, so we made even less money. But the problem is, even in going after the people that you're thinking about, you're talking about, those are smart people who could probably earn more money doing something else. Yes. So you got to have some kind of carrot. So I think yeah. of that bonus more of of a carrot. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to put my life on the line and be a police officer, $10,000 is not going to make me do it. However, if I considered and I really wanted to mm-hmm. do that, but I have something over here on the left that's more lucrative, mm-hmm. man, that $10,000 could persuade me to come yeah, in. Yeah, I don't, that's not me. I, to me, I don't want guys that can be persuaded. But I want guys that want, they have to do this. Like guys that have to join the Marine Corps, they know it's a dangerous branch, and you're going to be deployed a lot and stuff. I, I don't. My, my my cousin was a career Marine, just retired. Mm-hmm. He went in because he wanted the GI Bill. He ended up be, staying in there because he loved it. I, I it's to me, it's like mm-hmm. filling up a stadium, seventy one thousand people to MIT Bank Stadium. Only forty five to fifty thousand are there because they're diehard fans. You're still getting twenty something to twenty five thousand people there because they want to be there. It's because of the event. I don't think you can fill up a police department, an entire police department, with that person that you're talking about. You've you got, can't. Oh, you definitely can't. Yeah, you, you can't. So, no, so no, 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 no. I agree. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm, with, I'm with that advertisement. I, I am 110. percent But there are people who end up doing it for long. Who will end up doing it for a long time? Who got in because of that ten thousand dollar carry? Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to fill it up. You're not going to have you know three thousand people who are you know true believers. Thank you very much, Ed. That was a great one. I like. Send me that that commercial on your phone. Yeah, send me that, please. Right. Thank you. Barbershop topic of the day at nine o'clock. But on the other side, we're talking college basketball with Jerry Palm from CBSSports.com right here on the fan. Oh, you made my friend Jeremy's day right now. To my jam. Go ahead, Jeremy. Here we go, yo. God, this song. I still we came out to this in basketball my senior year. Really? Yeah. Hey yo, Bo knows this and Bo knows that, but Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. But what do you know? The did off next up to bat. All right, I'm not gonna keep going. You mean to keep? No. Nobody wants to hear a white dude rap. It was a little off time, but it was it was all right. Uh, <laughs> well, I was waiting for the lyrics and then it didn't start, so I just started. Well, we got to be careful. Why? Oh, joining us <laughs> <laughs> right now, courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline. CBSSports.com. Our good friend Jerry Palm. Good morning to you, Jerry. 
Hey, how's it going? Doing well, man. Doing well. College basketball. You know what? You can talk about. We can talk about the bad things about the transfer portal because there are lots of bad things to talk about concerning the transfer transfer portal. But the one thing that I think it does create is is you know equality. You don't know who's going to win. You don't know what team on each night is going to win basketball games. BYU doing well in the Big Twelve. I got to be honest, man. I, I love this college basketball season because. Outside of maybe a couple of teams, maybe you could say UConn, maybe Houston, everybody else just looks the same. What Purdue's not part of that? <laughs> Purdue, yeah, yeah Purdue, yeah. yeah, Purdue. Except they got a big, old, big <laughs> post player that can get things done underneath too. The those three teams, Purdue, UConn, and Houston, are so far ahead of the, everybody else they could each lose twice and still be the top three teams on Selection Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's certainly been a lot of interesting results this year uh the top 10 teams have been beaten by unranked teams on the road of like a maybe twice as often as they have in any other year it's uh there's certainly been some uh some parity this year uh, once you get past those top three teams and it's been fun to watch well, i gotta ask we talk about the uh I'm saying he's enjoying the season but Locally, we're not enjoying the season that much. No. How how disappointing is this Maryland team? I, I I don't know what the deal. They just can't shoot at all. Yeah, it's it's weird because you've got you know two guys that may end up in the NBA and Young and Reese. And, yeah. And they can't win. <laughs> I mean it's I mean it's not a two man game, but still, you know if you've got two guys that good, you ought to be able to build around them enough yeah. to you know make the NCAA tournament anyway. And and this is a team that won a game in a tournament last year. Yeah, no, this just hasn't happened this year. Um, you know, I I watch them, you know, because I watch a fair amount of the Big Ten, and it just it just seems like they're disjointed. You know, they, like they don't really they, they haven't played well together. They're not the sum of their parts, um, and that's sometimes it's just chemistry, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, but yeah, they're they're just they just don't seem to be. Uh, much of a collective and the way you need to be uh, if you're going to make the NCAA tournament and make a run. Hey, Jerry, who do you put in that after the, the, the first three that you talked about? I mean, I really like this Tennessee team, but there's some inconsistencies yeah. with a lot of the SEC teams. Yeah. Um, and it seems like the Big 12 teams can't win on the opponent's floor. So um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on who's next after that top three? Yeah, it's, I, I think that fourth number one, I've got North Carolina at the moment. I've got Arizona right behind them. But Tennessee, Marquette, you know, I think really have a shot. Uh, Kansas hurt themselves with that loss at home to BYU. It's a longer shot for them now probably to get to the top line. But um, but if they win the Big 12 tournament, you know, th- that would be a strong statement because of what they'd have to do to win it. Um, but so you can't entirely rule them out. But I think Tennessee's got the best chance at that spot because of their schedule. I mean, they're playing quad one teams every time they take the floor until the conference tournament, and they'll probably see a couple more there. Uh, and if they win most of those games um, and end up winning their conference tournament, I, I think Tennessee ends up making a strong case. And Arizona and North Carolina don't have to lose for Tennessee to pass them. Here with uh, Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com. Jerry, I don't want to throw a curveball at you. I know you don't talk too much A-10 basketball, but it's a, it's a conference yeah. that intrigues me, and, and plus I have a close family member that – that plays for Loyola Chicago. You look at oh, uh, uh, yeah, Philip Alston. 
Uh, you look at uh, Richmond, Dayton, Loyola Chicago, Chicago and VCU, all with impressive in-conference records. Right. However, how many of those teams, in your opinion, emerge to be legitimate NCAA tournament uh, tournament uh, uh, get a, a bid if they don't win the conference? Yeah, tournament? it's really it's really only Dayton. Okay, uh, Dayton Dayton's the only team that can get an at-large bid, and really the case for Dayton isn't so much the strength of their wins; it's just the lack of bad losses. Really, they've only and they've only got five. Um, you know, they haven't beaten anybody. That's a sure thing for the NCAA tournament. I mean, St. John's is hanging around. SMU could possibly make that kind of a run. But okay. it, but basically for Dayton, the main thing is they've played a good enough schedule. Um, they don't. They aren't hurting themselves too much when they get beat. And um, you know, they've they've uh, they've they've been a team. That they're going to be in that seven range, I think. Uh, on the seed lines, uh, you know, give or take, uh, when we get to Selection Sunday, assuming they don't screw this up. Now they're at Loyola yeah. uh, this weekend. Yes. Uh, they have to go to St. Louis, which what has happened to them? VCU um, mm. at home, VCU is a good team. So it's it's not an easy path for Dayton. They're playing some good teams. Um, and then, of course, the conference tournament. Uh, but if that if that league is going to be a two bid league, and I've got them at the two bid league in my bracket right now because Richmond's in first place, mm-hmm. and I always take whoever's in first. Um, but you know if, if they're going to be a two bid league, somebody besides Dayton has to win the conference tournament. And that that Dayton Loyola Chicago game is mm-hmm. tonight. It's going to be a good one, nine o'clock tonight. Oh yeah, tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, how do you th- they constantly talk about expanding the tournament? And frankly, I don't even like 68 teams. I think 64 was fine. <laughs> Where do you weigh in on this? Do you think they should expand it or keep it? You know, it's funny. You're you're the first person to beat me to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm in favor of 64. Let's go back to 64. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, you know, I look at these teams and I just – I think the standard's already low enough to get in the NCAA tournament. And if you the more you add, the lower the standard is. Uh, you're you're going to have a bunch of teams that are below 500 against the top three quadrants, which is basically, you know, functional basketball teams. And yeah, you know, if you're not even 500 against that group, I don't think you belong in the NCAA tournament. Most of the time, you don't get in. But if you expand, you're going to have a lot of that. You're going to have 10th place teams in major conferences, 11th place teams in major conferences. But, but you know, you you can even get a buy for your conference tournament. <laughs> excuse me, out of the first round. And it's, yeah, you know, those teams don't belong. Nobody wants to see those teams. And nobody's going to pay attention. I mean, nobody really pays attention to the first four now unless your team's in it. Right. You know, the nobody's filling out brackets with 68 teams. No one's going to fill them out with 72 or 96 or whatever the number ends up being if they change it. Now, no one's going to pay attention until it gets to 64. Uh, can I ask you about Cream Abdul-Jabbar? Who, that's C-R-E-A-M. He's at Indiana State, as they're calling him. Um, Robbie Avila. I, I saw somebody say, how the hell did uh, Indiana State find two magic white guys in the span of 40 years? But they did just that. What, what are your thoughts on him? Does uh, It's kind of a cool story, and he doesn't look like a basketball player, but, man, no. he can play. Yeah, and uh, I got to see him, actually, oh, cool. a little bit this year because uh, Indiana State, uh, played Ball State right before the Purdue Arizona game in Indianapolis in December, uh, and I was at that, so I got to see like the second half of ISU and Ball State. They're a good team. Yeah, uh, they don't usually beat themselves. Um, you know, they they do all of the things that 
you know, the really good non-major teams do. Take care of the ball, shoot well, uh, good defense, you know, attack the glass. I mean, they do that without the, you know, the athleticism of some of the bigger schools. They're still able to do it. So, you know, that's a team, you know, them and I say Grand Canyon are, are two teams that they will have to win their league to get in the tournament. But if they do, you're not going to be real happy as the five or the six yep. or whoever seed gets to play them in the first round. There he is, Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com. Jerry, as always, my friend, thanks a lot for your time. All right, thank you. Enjoy the games this weekend. Daily Line at 930 with Jeremy Kahn. He'll tell you where to place your coins at this weekend to make some money. But on the other side, apathy in sports is a bad thing. Is one of our local teams, semi-local teams, experiencing that with the fan base? That's our barbershop topic of the day up next on The Fan. 904 in the AM Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Hey, Rob. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to do that one. I, I got a text from Rich with a beard who uh, he called in the other day. You remember right, that? Right. Um, he said, How do you have a barber shop when only one guy on the show needs a haircut? That's, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, at some point, some hair on our heads grow. It may not grow all over our head, but it does grow. So show our heads every day. Tell him he's stupid. We we need barber attention more than he does. I don't think if so. If he has hair, I guarantee you that. And we also have beards that we get trimmed and shaped. So tell him, hey, don't be don't, stupid. You guys do that yourself. You don't go to a barber shop. No, don't be done. stupid. And I also make it known that I take Robbie to the barber shop. Yes. Every Friday. Okay, so I'm in a barbershop every Friday. Me too. I'm in a barbershop. So, I'm at Great Clips. So uh, that's a not a barbershop. That's a like hair salon. It's a hair salon. No. Me and the ladies no. breaking it down. No. Tell Rich it with a beard. Smarten up. <laughs> Smarten up, Rich. Come on. That's I liked dumb. him yesterday. That's the other day. That was all good just a week ago. <laughs> Apathy. Ed, you said it several times. It's the worst thing in sports when you become apathetic about I think so. a sports team. Yeah. All right, having said that, Ed, let me ask you a question. Riddle me this. What do the Terps play next? Um, Playing Indiana Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. All right. Right? Will you watch it? No. Why? Because I don't care. Jeremy, will you watch them? I will. Because you're a degenerate. <laughs> I'm going to be at the Green Turtle in Canton watching the game. 2 o'clock Sunday if you guys want to come down. I might come down here to be a degenerate. Yeah, but no, no, I'll watch. I, lo- I love college. The basketball's in my blood. Maybe I'm different than some people even. I, I can watch the – I've said this before. I'll watch the worst NBA game over the best NHL game, mm-hmm. and I'm not telling you that I'm right for doing that. I'm just saying I prefer yeah, basketball. That's what you prefer. J- yeah. Jared, will you watch the Terps on Sunday? He'll probably be working the game. I am working the game. You See? will? Yeah. All right. So I'll be listening. So if you weren't working it, would you be watching? Nah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's – just, and, and, and Joe – it's not as dialed in as he used to be. He's shaking his head. No, he's not. He's not dialed in as he used no. to be because I think people have become apathetic to Terps basketball. I totally agree. Seriously. That, I mean, if they win, yeah, so what? If they lose, yeah, so what? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm a little bit different with it because I feel like Terps fans outside of the diehards, uh-huh. so I don't want them, oh, I, I love my – they love them when they're good. They don't do anything when they're bad. It's just like the Capitals when fans here jump on board when mm-hmm. they're doing well. I feel like this happens with Maryland basketball all okay. the time. Okay. To your point, I'm not I'm not even going to argue that point. So to your point, you know, you personally know diehard Terps fans, am I right? Mm-hmm. Are they as hot as they used to be? 
No, because are they, they as in, are they as ingrained in terms of basketball as they used to be? Well, first off, this is a tough watch. It's a defensive minded team that has trouble scoring. Right. It's not pleasant from a basketball standpoint. Watching not at all. Um, and you hope that changes next year with with some things, but. I, I think the diehards watch every single game and live and die by because you only have. But there's no heat coming from them. There's no fire I, coming from them. I get it, but the people that went there that still they it's all the games are appointment setting to them. But from a from like the outside looking in, like if we were going to sit here and do four hours on Terps, we'd be hurting to get phone calls. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. But and and I think that's because of just how the teams played and where they're at. I mean, they're mediocre at best. This is, I mean, and my question is this. The apathy with the Terps, does that impact your interest with the NCAA tournament? No, not you. Not you, Ed. I'm talking about the fan base. Mm-hmm. With the Terps being like, you know, they were out of it for with Christmas? <laughs> when were they out of the tournament run? Christmas, maybe? New Year's? Let's I say mean, New look, Year's. We kept talking about it as if there was potential for a run. There was always potential, right? Yeah, but even then, like I think it was. It's maybe, still technically potential for a Big Ten run. Well, that's what we talked about because you had said to a couple weeks ago, "What do they have to do to get in the tournament?" And I think I said, "Ain't getting in," but like you got to win the Big Ten tournament. That's the only way you're getting in now. Yeah, it's the only ways, right? Yeah. Could they squeak in as a nine? Something no. like that? No, huh? not right now. So I, mean, they went, I put it this way, Ed, to answer your question, if they lose in the Big Ten final or close game, mm-hmm. I think they can squeak in. Let me, let me they get to the Big Ten final and yeah. lose a close game. If they right. win the next two games, get to the Big Ten final and lose a close game, right. I think they get in. Okay, I, I do. I don't think they get in unless they win it all uh, in the Big Ten tournament. And you, you, you don't know squad. I might not, but like I don't know. Why I'm asking you questions. Wake Forest men's basketball this year needed a win over Duke last week to assure that they were getting in. They're 18 and 10 and fourth in the ACC. ACC is garbage though. The Big Ten's not great. It's you not. Have, you have Purdue. Like, it's not look, great. No, no, no. no, no you're right. It's, Michigan's it's terrible. Yeah. It's not great. That's so. Like, if I look at Maryland, just honestly looking at them, you know, without rose-colored glasses on, where are the signature wins? How many do they have? Mm. And then on top of it, you're in a down conference where you're at the bottom. Oh, I'm not. I don't want to change this topic because I, I don't think they're getting in the big. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in the Big Ten finals. Number one. So, but I'm saying we Wake Forest was 18 and 10 and needed a win over Duke just to get in. We don't. We don't need. We don't even need to to, to have that debate. <laughs> we don't because you talk about signature wins. You know, they beat number 10 Illinois. Well, as you would say, without Illinois Ter- without Terrence Shannon. Yeah, but still they beat them. Uh, then they lost to Illinois. So that kind of washes With Terry it. Shannon. Yeah. Want to talk to you, 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Are you apathetic about the Terps at this point, Terps basketball? And does that apathy impact your interest in the NCAA tournament? Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Terps basketball. And does that apathy impact your interest in the NCAA tournament? Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan, 916 in the AM. The Baltimore, Maryland Terps, Baltimore. Maryland Terps are 15 and 14 on the year, mm-hmm. 7 and 11 in the Big Ten. Bad. Both of them bad. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy brings out a great point that most Terps fans are Terps fans when they're good. And I agree with that, Jeremy. I, I, I don't know if you're saying most. A lot of. Yeah. I mean, a I, lot of. I, I feel like it's. You know, when things are going right, everybody jumps on board. Right. You know, I hate the bandwagon mentality, but like any team will take it. If you want to support them and go out and watch their games, they're loving it. 
Um, but you have your diehards that even as low as they are right now are still going to tune in on Sunday and watch the whole game. I think people overall are, are pretty apathetic about Terps hoops, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I consider myself a huge Terps fan, and I'm watching all the games. You're going to watch Sunday? Yeah, I'm watching them from duty. For, for, it's my duty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, but if it's, it wasn't your job? No, I feel like as a fan, it's my job. Uh, okay. That's what I mean. I feel like as a fan, it's my uh, – honestly, Ed, let's be honest for a second. Let's say – I watch the game Sunday, and Monday I have nothing Terps-wise on the rundown. Who's going to call us out? You think people call us out? No. I don't think anybody's going to call us out for that. Mm. That's my point. Let me not – Ravens are out of season, and you go without something, something Ravens-related on the rundown. Orioles haven't started yet. Your show better start being predominantly Orioles right now. If not, you're going to hear about it. And we listen to the fans. I don't know if anybody is going to call us out. And I'll have something Terps-related on the rundown because I love the Terps and we're the flagship, uh, a radio flagship of the, of, the, of the Terps. But I don't think anybody will call us out. I don't yeah. think anybody will call in and say, man, you guys, you don't want to talk Terps? Well, there is something, too, to be said. Like, let's say Iowa was here, like the Iowa team. Like, to me, they're not a good team. They're fun to watch. Yeah. They score a lot of points. Yeah. They get up and down the floor. It's a little bit more pleasant on the eyes than seeing a fifty-four to forty-eight game. And they're seventeen to twelve, though. Yeah, I mean, and not an out of the conference. Yeah, I mean, the, but so they're, they're not good team, but but they're, they're better. Okay. Than, yeah, but yeah, but they, they have a signature. They do something well. I want to hear from you? Are you apathetic towards Terps basketball? And if so, does that bother your uh, interest in the NCAA tournament? Let's go to Rashawn in Baltimore. What's up, man? Hey, fellas, how you What's doing, up, man? Hey, Mr. Hey, real quick. Hey, Rob. Last night at our Bowlers Quarters meeting, man, they uh, said something of event you had out there. They got canceled or something, man. It got postponed okay. because we are in the um, uh, Maryland Private School Maryland State Championship tournament that begins Monday. Okay. Okay. Good. And good luck with that, man. Thank you. And just when you when they get rescheduled, just don't bring that riffraff out my way, man. That's riffraff all. out your <laughs> way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to make. Trying to make both these quarters great. What, what, have I, what, have, what have I ever brought out riffraff other than when you travel with me? You don't want me getting in social media fights, man. I'm just trying to make BQ great again. Yeah. You don't want to get in fights yeah, on man. social media, man, not me. Yeah, what is that about? You yeah, like, Sean. You're the king yeah, of riffraff. Different, different segment, man. You know, whatever, man. You know, but. On, you're the, on, you're on the king. No, man, you're the king of riffraff. Last time I was in Bully. Hold on. Last time I was in Bully's quarters, I messed around and got a triple double. So what are you talking about? I, hey, man. I, look, what do you want? <laughs> What's on your mind? Oh, you know, about the turf, Ivy. I've got me sidetracked, <laughs> man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, but um, I don't know. Man. I, I ain't going to be watching them Saturday. I mean, what's that, Sunday, right, man? There's probably be some better games on, especially in them SEC games, man. They've been, you know, very interesting. Who, who do you want to watch? You want to watch Kentucky again? That's a second-half team if I've ever seen one. You know it, man. I'm still spending Kentucky money all weekend, too, man. Yeah, you done <laughs> lost it on Chinese tonight. base, man. Oh, you only bet $10. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That cat put, like, 350 on a Chinese baseball game. He didn't yeah, know any of the players. Did, yeah. yeah, it was still a hit big, though, no, I'm man. talking about you know, Kentucky only one. <laughs> he doesn't know anybody on the Kentucky team. <laughs> hey, hey, what, what, uh, do they got a chance, though, to, um, the Turks to make the NIT, though? Yeah. Who? I mean, nobody want to NIT. I don't think people make the NIT. I think people realize who doesn't it. make the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, and say, Would you like to come with us? They're side to it. You kind of fall back it. into yeah. it, like the old not in tournament. Yeah. Joe in Cockeysville. What's up, Joe? Hey guys, I I lost you for a little bit, so maybe you moved on. But no, we did. Whole Maryland thing. 
uh, is is just it, it's really I think hard to watch them when you're one for fourteen from three point and you got so many turnovers that you can't even understand how it could happen. Um, I believe my whole problem with all of college sports now is this NIL and portal, and I think all it's done is stroke these people to where they're uncoachable, and because somebody's in their ear going, oh, they're not playing you in the right system. Oh, man, you got to go somewhere else. They're not using the fact that you can't shoot a ball doesn't matter, but they're <laughs> buying into it, and I think – I, you know, the frustration, I think, for some of these coaches is is amazing to me, I think, that they still hang in there with, you know, unless they win, they're going to have transfers, and that's how I see it. Well, I, I think he's right with uh, – I, I don't know it's something when you look at the guys that are getting minutes that you're going to see them jumping in the transfer portal outside of the end of their career and getting that extra year mm-hmm. and moving. I think you'll see a lot of that. But there is going to be a ton of what he's talking about. And I've already seen it from local kids that have gone off to play in college and they've bounced around from three or four schools already because they're not getting the minutes they want. The kids, Some kids, uh, back to what he said, the NIL, there have been kids, and this is not rumored, there have been kids who got major playing time in the school until transferred because the NIL deal was better. Well, that's that's yeah, something that's that gonna happen. happen. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's happened. Definitely gonna that happen. happened in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hutchinson. Uh, not Hutchinson. Um, you're, you're thinking of uh, the big boy. Um, what's his name at Kansas now? Why am I blanking on his yeah, name? Yeah, he, he, he was shopping for the best. Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson. He's shopping for the best nil deal. He but found it, it in Kansas, and that's going to be his final year too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's the last year that usually guys go off in their their fifth year or whatever, or they they transfer out. But I, I do think there are situations like Hunter may have looked at that team and said, "Look at how they're going to be next year." Let me get the hell out of here. Let's go to Kevin in Ellicott City. What's up, Kevin? What's good, fellas? How y'all doing? Good, good doing well. How are you? Good. I got two things for you. I, I love watching the Terps. I stick with them through thick and thin. I don't get all butthurt like fan, other fans do and turn them off. I love college basketball in general. But uh, you got those protocols in place for the court storming when y'all win the championship, Rob? Uh, <laughs> no, pro- <laughs> no protocols in place. Uh, that's a that's a problem, Kevin, and I hope they have to deal with on tomorrow. I hope y'all win that, bring that, bring that championship back, brother. Great job for you and your team, man. I'm really proud of you on that new uh, new adventure over there in Rosedale. But uh, let's go Terps either way. Let's go, let's go. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, championship tomorrow, three o'clock at the Den. Let's go to Ed and Towson. What's up, Ed? Yo, yo, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? And once again, I have to always congratulate coaches. Uh, so yeah, congratulations on getting that getting that work done, bro. Yeah, you know? yeah, we we yeah, we, yeah. we we, we got to take care of business tomorrow. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you got one more. You got a game tomorrow. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah, but look, part of that portal thing, and and Jeremy, you you were talking about it, and and, and with Maryland, part of the issue is try, you got to get keep people coming through the portal to your school, and that becomes a problem there if you can't get that done. But Jeremy, I know when that portal thing first started, and then I let y'all go, there were like five thousand jokers just floating around in the portal like purgatory because. Somebody gets in your ear, yep. and maybe you think you got a better deal. And all of a sudden, when you leave, I mean, when you leave Jeremy's squad, Jeremy ain't gonna let you come back because you just told me that you ain't trying to play for me. So that's the thing. You're talking about a 17, like 18, 19, 20 year old kids who think that they're getting the, 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 the golden ticket, and then you end up floating around looking for a job. So it's a, it hurts a little bit. But I'm hoping Maryland, you know, Willard still got to get his guys in there. And once he gets his guys in there, give him another year, give him a couple of years, let him get his people in there, and let's see if he can put the system 
with the kids that he brings in and then make your assessment. Yeah, this was not a good look because it looked like the kids didn't know what they, you know, they, they were a little suspect in some areas, but you got to give him time to get his people in and then you make your assessment. Y'all take care. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate the call. 410-583-1057 is the number. Joe LaCroix's encore at 945, but on the other side, Jeremy, where should I place my money, man? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Last night hit my top play overall. Um, some other plays that really worked out, some that missed. We had the Nets last night. We'll, we'll get into all that, tell you what what we hit, what we missed. Um, and then there's a lot of good NBA games, and one that people are going to look at the spread and go, that's too high. There's no way I'm taking the points. I'm going to tell you you're on the wrong side. We'll talk about it next here on The Fan. Now Kuzma for the tie. They tap it all the way out, but it goes to Rui. It went to Rui, and the Lakers are going to win it. Lakers hold on and win it in overtime. There you go. That's courtesy of Spectrum Sports. Um, Lakers won last night. My top play ended up being the Lakers over, and I was telling people I would wait on those games. was a back-to-back for L.A., Wondering if LeBron and AD were going to play. Situationally, we've seen them sit on the second leg of a back-to-back, especially against an inferior opponent. But I think they're probably kind of locked in right now. Lakers playing some good basketball as they cover. But I didn't get much right last night. I was 2-5, and 2-1 and one in my props. I had a really good DFS lineup that won some money. Um, but I had the UMBC over, no bueno. Wizards-Lakers over was my top play. The Nets was another top play for me. Both those teams won. Those are my two wins. Had Boston Tampa Bay under five and a half, it was four to three. It ended up being a shootout. The one that really hurts for me personally is the uh, under in the St. Mary's Pepperdine game. It's a blowout. It's well on its way to going under, and somehow, some way, they managed to score ten points in the last minute of the game. Thanks a lot, guys. It went over by three points. Um, so yeah, so an ugly night for me last night, uh, except for the again the prop plays where I went two and one. So it's a matter of where do we go tonight and what are we going to look at. I'll get right into what I was talking about in the NBA. So the Mavericks have played four games in six nights on the road. Four games, six nights on the road. That's usually, I don't want to say death to an NBA team, but they're exhausted. They're tired. It will show up tonight. It may not be in the first half. It might be in the second half, but the Celtics will pull away. They're 10-point favorites over the Mavs, and that's why people have a hard time swallowing that number. Plus, you get into how good the Celtics have been at home Mm -hmm. and how good they've been on Friday nights for God knows how long. Uh, just something else that you guys can look at. They're just a really good home team. They're just good. Yeah. They I mean, really they're the best are. team in basketball. Yeah. And now they get to face the Mavs, and people are going to go, oh, Kyrie's going back. Kyrie could have a great game tonight. I still think they get smoked. Um, terrible spot for for Dallas. So I'm going to be all over uh, the Celtics tonight as they're favored by 10. I think the Raptors and the Warriors, it's another one where I think we're going to get a shootout. Warriors on a back-to-back. 237 is the total there. One of the things I like tonight is we get Portland versus Memphis. They're two of the worst teams in basketball. And two of the worst teams because they traded away everyone and all their stars are hurt for the most part when you look at those two teams. Um, and the total tonight is 208. Oh, Now, if these two teams met back in, let's say, 2003, let's just even say 1997, their total would probably be 181 in the way the NBA right. was played back yes, then. Yeah. But we're going to get a look at how NBA was played about 20 years ago in this game with a 208 total mm-hmm. uh, because, again... Memphis plays really good interior defense, uh, so it's hard to score at the basket on them, even with not a lot of talent there. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still there. Um, But then you start looking at the other side for Portland, and Portland's just not very good. And Portland's a a one-and-a-half-point dog tonight, and everybody's going to bet on Memphis being at home. I'm not touching the side, but I do think the under's interesting. And I think the Pelicans get the Pacers tonight. Uh, They played them tough last time. They get them at home. The over's a little interesting – 
I thought Zion would play better in the last game than he did. Um, I had a night, what was it, two nights ago where I lost two player props by a half a point and one of my top plays by a half a point. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a bitch sometimes when you're looking at it and you're doing player props. It's like, okay, do I just do points? Do I do points, rebounds, and assists? Do I do points and rebounds, points and assists? So the other night picking it, of course, I've had some nights where I pick uh, a player to score, mm-hmm. and then they have their ancillary stats. Like, oh, he picks the night tonight to get 13 assists and 16 rebounds and score four points. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chief. Um, but, yeah, so so that's where I'm looking in the NBA tonight. I might have some more a little bit later. Uh, it's a lighter night in the NHL. I didn't see anything that really stood out to me, but in college hoops, I'll throw this at you real quick. I think Loyola, Illinois, you talked about the Dayton game. I think they're in a good spot at home tonight. Uh, I think Maris is in a great spot, and Cornell and Penn – should go over that total. It's a high number. Should be a pace-up spot for both teams. So there you go. There you go. There you have it. That's it. 410-583-1057 is the number. Ray in Baltimore wants to talk Orioles. What's up, Ray? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Not what's much, up, man. Where you been? I, 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 work, man. Work. I'm still listening. A shout-out to Odyssey. I, I listen to y'all every day, man. The Odyssey, yeah, I, I listen to y'all go. every day. Good shout-out. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, But, uh, oh, man, you got I mean, about to run the stop, son. Um, <laughs> well, what, what I was going to say is real quick, man, and, Rob, you can sit this one out or you can play Jackie Childs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to put you in no awkward spot. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, I think the rumblings amongst the blog world and amongst Oreo people that they're going to manipulate Jackson Holiday and going to play around with his service time, you know what I mean, as far as him coming up. I believe, honestly speaking, that's my one point. The second point is Colton Cows are on fire. Should uh, Austin Hayes be worried? And thirdly, as I hang up the phone. No, 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 don't hang, hang up. Don't hang Mayo. up. Cause let me, I want to answer the first one, but go ahead with Kobe Mayo. Yeah, uh, you know, do you think Kobe Mayo has a shot of being on the roster this season? Not the opening day roster, yeah. but just sometime this season with, you know, he's been hot. I, I think you he will. Hearn, you got all those cats. I think he will be. But going back to the original one, that that whole service time stuff is old, man. That's dated. Because you the better incentive is to have him uh, on a roster on opening day and so he can get rookie of the year, so you can get the extra draft. Uh, I'll give you the example. Paul Skeens, who he faced yesterday. Yeah. If if the Pirates send Paul down for 15 days, they're still they they get him for an extra year, and he's still eligible for the rookie of the year, right? If the if the Pirates send him down, right. So it makes sense for them to send him down for 15 days because you're going to get a whole extra year. But remember, he was drafted after Holiday. But you got to be on the opening day roster. Yeah, but you were dra- He was drafted after Holiday. Right. So like with with the situation, no, with them they could still. They could still work that to where he can they can get something if he wins rookie of the year in the National League. I thought you got to be on the opening day roster. Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure you yeah, do. Well, maybe you're right with the new rule change, but I. Yeah. Uh, but that, I was just reading about him in a Pittsburgh paper that was talking about it. So, um, but yeah, like I don't, I'm not worried about the Jackson Holiday stuff. And I don't think Austin Hayes has anything to worry about right now with the way that the guys are hitting. I think he's going to be penciled in. But yeah, it's it's a good problem to have with all these guys. That my man Aoli's hitting the hell out of the ball, Mayo. He's just—he's fantastic. He's just, yeah. I, he can—he can spread it to all fields. I mean, everywhere, like left field, right field. It's too early for. It's too early. Oh, sorry. Too early. Oh, four ten five eight three one zero five seven. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. I—I—I I, I love it when people say you can sit this out. Like you can't be critical. Like I can't be critical of the Orioles. That is—that is the—that is the biggest. 
misnomer there is. The Orioles have never told me what I could and couldn't say. Never. Yeah. I've never been called in the office for being critical of them on air. It's not a lot to criticize now. But when there was, I, I was never, why did you say that? Why, how can you say this? I mean, we've had we've had Dad and Duquette on, and we grilled them in the past. We didn't hear a call. You know, so that's, 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 that's nonsense. You're listening to the wrong. You're listening to people who have never worked for them saying those things or disgruntled people who no longer work for them for other reasons <laughs> who say those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's like some of the things he was talking about. I mean, you, you're obviously going to start looking at these young guys and figuring out what you have to do with them. They're getting closer and closer to just being ready um, to come up to the majors. So make up your mind which direction you're going to go with the Cowsers, with the Mayos, with uh, Kierstead. I mean, all these guys are they're in the picture. It's just a matter of whether or not they're, when they're going to get here. When they're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that, that is the key. Where they're going to play. But I think he, he was saying about um, – Austin Hayes, Austin Hayes be in trouble. You can't, I don't think, Jeremy, you can get rid of both Hayes and Mullins in the same year. Unless it's in the offseason. I don't think you can get rid of both of them this year. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. You need you need you need some veterans in that outfield. Yeah. You can't have a bunch of young kids running around. Well, you're outfield. trading your two best outfielders, and I'm not trying to knock Santander if, if that's the, how it ends up coming down, but Let's just wait until we get to that point. I'm still enjoying while these guys are here and some of the guys are going to be playing. Who knows how long they'll be here. Uh, the best prospects, uh, they have to be the start of the season. I'm reading right now, it says start of the season. They have to be on the roster. To win rookie of the year? No, to get the, to get the uh, what is that called, the PPI? The additional draft pick? Yeah. So I think maybe that's the bait in Pittsburgh. It's like, do you start him to try to win Rookie of the Year to get an extra draft pick if he wins it, or do you keep him down for 15 more days and then bring him up so you don't get that draft pick if he wins it? I think it makes more sense to keep a stud player for another year. And they're using yeah. also, they're using yeah. also uh, the Mariners as an example. They promoted Julio Rodriguez from Double A to his opening day roster in 2022 and they got it because he But he won. was also raking too. Like, yeah, but you know but the key was he was on the opening day roster. Okay. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's big bad morning show on the fan. Uh who has the encore today? Did Joe put it together or did Jared put it together? Joe has the encore. You don't want to miss it. Find out what we learned today on the fan. When I got out of high school and I bought my first car, I bought a Chevy Cavalier. Uh-huh. So I put a racing stripe on it. A Cavalier, which has probably never won a race. Um, but this is the yeah, topper. Man, it's a Prius. It's a Pinto, I think. Yeah. But here, a Prius. here's the topper, and some people in Essex and Middle River may have remembered this. It was like a maroon Cavalier. But I was a big wrestling fan, and my favorite wrestler was uh, Big Papa Pump, who also had another nickname. So on the front of my car, it said Big Bad Booty Daddy. <laughs> Could you imagine me at 140 pounds with my big ass ears looking like Shaggy with a couple of uh, scraggly hairs on my chin, guys? Somebody pulls up next to me after seeing Big Bad Booty Daddy and sees this little skinny. <laughs> Your favorite wrestler? Well, my two favorites were Scott Hall and, and Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner? I loved him. Like when he got on the mic, he would always mess up everything. Yeah, he did. Like the, the math wouldn't add up. Yeah. I give 40% to this and 80% here, but then I leave 30% for the ladies when I get home. And I'm like, where'd you get all this percentage from, man? <laughs> I was a uh, Bret Hart fan. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Booker T. Those are my two favorites. Booker, Booker T. Yeah. That's the Red Hart and Booker T was my favorite. <laughs> Booker T called somebody one of my favorite sayings that I'm not even sure if we can oh, say. Oh, I thought you were talking about he called, what he called no, Hulk Hogan. No, the, the N-word. <laughs> he called Hulk Hogan the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sherry did one of these numbers. What? Oh. <laughs> I think Hogan was in the back clutching his pearls. Like, what did he call me? But he used to call people fruit booties. Yeah. And I'm like, what's a fruit? Oh, that's a, I get it now. <laughs> like, I just thought it was one of the funniest terms, and we would call each other fruit booties. I didn't know to the documentary that they were really brothers. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. They're really brothers. Yeah. If you watch the uh, documentary, I think on um, Andy. Yeah. Was it like behind the mat or something? Or is it no, 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 not that one. Because beyond the mat, yeah, that that one it. is that one is. Um, I, think, I think behind the mat was the uh, documentary on Porky's. <laughs> 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 and that's the encore for the day. I want to correct something I said earlier because in, in looking into exactly what you need to get that uh, that extra draft pick, the PPI uh, in baseball, you don't just have to win rookie of the year. So in theory, Ray could be right. In theory. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying they're going to hold him back for that, but in theory, again, because if you finish in top three, and MVP is Cy Young, of course, he won't be a Cy Young candidate. But if you finish in the top three in MVP or Cy Young candidate before arbitration, you get the extra draft picked as well. And that's not a, a likely thing, you know, because it, it does take a while for people to get that type of recognition. But we have seen guys just burst onto the scene and just light it up. Corbin Carroll was top last five year. last year. I mean, so you he don't think top he'll be three in August. You don't think he'll be top three this year? Could be. You know, so I'm just saying it's not likely, but it can't happen. He already got his, the, the extra pick for his team. He don't get another one. But he's a guy that could be top. Gunnar Henderson, some people call him the MVP mm-hmm. for this year. He may so, be. Yeah. I mean, he may so be, and he may be more than once in his career. So it's, it's, so it's more ways to get that extra pick, Ray, than to just get the rookie of the year. You also can finish top. So in theory, I, I, just, I don't think they will, but in theory, Ray could be right. 410-583-1057. Now time for you to find out what we learned today. What we learned today, Ed Norris. I think we've learned that we've actually lost our collective minds. Why? There's a house bill that I'm looking at, and I'm going to find this. I'm going to talk about it next week. Maryland breaking the state legislature, House Bill 558, excuse me. Primary and secondary education. The bill was amended. Parents may only opt out of the family life and human sexuality part of the curriculum. They can opt out of the sex ed and family life. However, parents cannot, in caps, Parents cannot opt out of the curriculum regarding gender identity and sexual orientation. Hmm. So they're forcing you to take this, but you can opt out of like... Sex ed. Yeah, and like, you know, family life and things like that. But this whole gender identity agenda, that that you have to, your children have to attend. You know why? Because people like you and me don't stand up. Just wear your uniform to gym class for crying out loud. (laughs) Can't get a failing grade in phys ed. That's why we talk about it. We don't stand up. We just we just let it happen. We just throw our we just you know shrug our shoulders and, and keep it moving. Because you guys aren't listening to Ludacris. Yeah, there's a couple of national days today. Today is National Dress in Blue Day. It's always the first Friday in in March. I got blue on. Didn't know that. Uh, national Speech and Debate Education Day. Uh, national Employee Appreciation Day. We did get an email about that. Uh, also, National Pig Day uh, and National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. Few bir- birthdays, Pete, former the late Pete Rosell, 
Uh, Chris Weber celebrated the birthday today. And we talked about him earlier, your favorite wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, celebrating <laughs> a birthday today. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right, listen to everything I have to say here, okay? Okay. It takes seven seconds for food to pass from mouth to stomach. A human hair can hold three kilograms. The length of a man's penis is three times the length of his thumb. The femur is, hard, is as hard as concrete. A woman's heart beats faster than a man's. Women blink two times as much as men, and we use 300 muscles just to keep our balance when we stand. Right now, a woman has listened to everything I've said, and men are still looking at their thumbs. <laughs> Rob, did you look down at your thumb? Ed, did you look at your thumb? <laughs> I'm yes, just, but I wasn't still looking at it when you said it, you, so you're wrong. Do you know why they put fences around? <laughs> Joe, <laughs> just got to rule up with them. Damn, dude. He said it curves, too. <laughs> How big is Megan Fox's penis, then? She's got toe thumbs, right? By the way, which it leads me to, did you guys know that you you have fingertips, but not tips on, on your toes, right? But you can't. Maybe fingertips. You have fingertips. You mean fingerprints? No, fingertips. Just listen to me. You have fingertips. But there's no such thing. Nobody ever says toe tips. But yet, (laughs) you can't tip finger, but you can tip toe. How does that make sense? Do you know why they put fences around cemeteries? Because people are dying to get in. (laughs) Got home from work yesterday to find my kids have been on eBay all day. They're still there tomorrow. I'll lower the price. What the hell's wrong with Mother Nature? She's just throwing out temperatures like Powerball numbers. 66, 13, 40, 78. You know, it's just all over the place. Just... <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the punchline. That was the punchline? Yeah, that was the punchline. I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. And, oh my goodness. This is a tough one. Um, here, this last one here. Uh, my, my wife sometimes hides my stuff where I can't find it. You know, she puts my shoes in the shoe closet, the jacket on the hanger, keys on the key hook. No, not for you guys? All right, well, jeez. What about I've lost... You know, you know Jared is controlling the, the rim shot. I didn't hear any laughs. That was the joke. I, it's, I, it's I was waiting for the punchline. It, you know, it's yeah. harder to make black people laugh. You know I, that, right? I'll give you one that'll make you laugh. All right. I did this one before, but it's a good one. At my boss's funeral, kneeling down and whispering at the coffin, who's thinking outside the box now, Gary? <laughs> Who's thinking outside the box? See, that's that's a little bit morbid. Joe told the one earlier that I loved uh, that somebody called in about. What is where it was? It was a uh, uh, it was a little person psychic that was on the run. Oh, it was oh, a small, yeah. medium at large. Yes, yes it was yeah. a clairvoyant, a clairvoyant midget on the run. What do yeah. you call him? Small, medium at large. There you go. <laughs> that's the one. Sorry, there not midget, little person. Thank you, dwarf. Vinny and Haney up next. Have yourselves a safe and wonderful weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.